106 miles to Chicago. We got a full tank of gas, half a pack of cigarettes. It's dark, and we're wearing sunglasses. Hit it. Black History Month, you find ridiculous. Why? You're going to relegate my history to a month? Oh, come well, on. What no. do you do with yours? What, which month is White History Month? No, well, no, no, come on, tell me. Well, the, I'm Jewish. Okay, which I'm month Jewish. is Jewish History Month? Uh, there isn't one. Oh, oh, why not? Yeah. Well, you want one? No, no, no. I, 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 I don't either. I don't want a Black History Month. Black history is American history. How are we going to get rid of racism? And Stop talking about it. I'm going to stop calling you a white man. Yeah. And I'm going to ask you to stop calling me a black man. I know you as Mike Wallace. You know me as Morgan Freeman. You as Either we want to have segregation or integration. And if we don't want segregation, then we need to get rid of channels like BET and the BET Awards and the Image Awards, where you're only awarded if you're black. If it were the other way around, we would be up in arms. It's a double standard. Just like there shouldn't be a Black History Month. You know, we're Americans, period. That's it. Now, Black Lives Matter Month. I know, I'm weird, because I don't need a month set aside for me to make me feel special and have attention focused on me. I do that during the month with my birthday in it. I don't need to go into a restaurant in February and have a bunch of white people bring me a scoop of ice cream, put a funny hat on me, and say, Happy Black Day to you. Happy Black Day to you. Happy Black Day, dear African-American. Happy Black Day to you. And many more on Channel BET. Only people who are really insecure about being black need Black History Month in 2016. Black History Month has been tired for years. The point had been made a long time ago, and we don't need it anymore. Many Afrocentrics would resent that statement, but the truth is, you got a black president, and you're still angry. So what good did it do? What's funny is that those same people who specifically said that they voted for Obama because he's black won't vote for Ben Carson and say, don't expect him to vote for Ben Carson just because he's black. And then there's others who won't vote for Ben Carson because he's not black enough. You have to meet a certain criteria in order to be authentically black. I remember when I first discovered what black was, and people kept calling people black. I remember like black, oh he's black, oh she's black. I'm like black, they're not black, they're brown, they're dark brown. That don't make no sense. Uh, black y'all, and I'm black y'all, and I'm blacker than black, and I'm black y'all, and I'm black y'all, and I'm black y'all, and I'm blacker than black, and I'm black y'all. I'm blicky black, blacker than black, black. Stop it. Get some help. black life you eat black food you go to a black church you have black friends you dance to black music black 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 but if anybody asks you what are you oh child i'm cherokee i'm part cherokee i'm part cherokee wait a minute wait wait a minute bro what are you talking about man i know my roots and i ain't come to kinked it's why it's 
so be sure to tell everyone There will always be different months to celebrate This one's gonna be White history It's white history month And I'm gonna celebrate America It's white history month And I'm gonna scream it to everyone There will always be different months to celebrate This month's gonna be All right, well, good afternoon or good morning. Or middle of the night, good day to you. This is Lou Benninger. You're listening to No Hostages Radio, and this is episode 45, brought to you on February 8, 2020. I just can't get over 2020. I'm just still, I don't know what it is about the number. Some people think that 2020, there's some real significant things that are going to go on spiritually and in a variety of other ways. <clears throat> but I just think the number is cool, 2020. So I uh, hope you're having a good day, and uh, in Northern California, where I'm sitting, it is cool and sunny today. We need some rain. We've kind of had a dry month of January, and we're behind last year's rain, although uh, or wet weather, although we had a, a, bun- a bunch of wet weather last year, so we did good. But we actually need, uh, we actually need some more to, this year to fill up our reservoirs. Democrats don't want to have any reservoirs. They just want to let all the water just run right off the hill, right into the ocean, and bless the fish and screw the humans. That's what the Democrats want to do. And um, so any dams that have been built have been built uh, 1970s and previous to that to, uh, you know, in other words, the Democrats are in favor of no savings accounts, no budgeting, just spend money, spend, 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 no, no providing for a rainy day or sickness or problems just like just go out there and spend 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 and when you need more money take it from somebody else just go get it from their bank account and that's what's going on in the state of california all you that are listening from other states be warned it's like we're worried about the coronavirus coming from china beware of the liberal wave coming from california it's coming your way And it's many of the people that created this problem now are wanting to leave. And they're coming to your state in Texas and Idaho and Utah, Oregon and Washington. Some of you are already liberal like Oregon and Washington, but some of you aren't. And you want to protect that. But when you bring in a virus, it's going to get you. And uh, coronavirus and the SARS virus, all those things, swine flu, the Asian, you know, all these things that start up somewhere. The Rush Limbaugh was wrote an article the other day saying that the one common denominator of all these viruses, they come out of socialist and liberal sources. You know, they do not manage, they don't know how to manage the health care of their communities. 
and keep things tidy. So, um, for instance, this is uh, uh, the coronavirus is not does not come from Corona beer like some of my street friends think. It comes from an animal, and it jumped because in China they eat anything that moves. And uh, SARS came from the civet cat. It's a cat with a really sh- pointy nose like a fox. I saw one in a cage when I was over there during the SARS epidemic. And I was in a restaurant, and there was a civet cat in there, and it was ready to be eaten. You just had to say, I want that civet cat, and they'd go chop its head off and cook it up for you and serve it to you. But it didn't, when I saw it, it was not like looking at a big old steak or something like that. I just didn't have that kind of warm, fuzzy feeling to, like, bite into a civet cat, particularly when I was realizing that they were giving us the uh, SARS virus. So the coronavirus is coming from an animal, and it's common. I had a guy who used to help us when we had a nonprofit uh, organization, Christian nonprofit, taking in people off the street called Morningstar Ministries, and we were raising hogs pigs hogs and we were raising uh we, we started off with just a handful and we ended up with a couple hundred and the guy named hank perdanovich i forget how we even met him but he worked for the federal government and he was in charge of checking out all the farmers in the area and making sure that their their hygiene practices were good and make sure that their herds were were healthy so no disease could jump from that pig or cow or whatever they were raising chicken could not if they had the sickness that would not jump into the uh, human food chain and into the human body and then out through humans right so that's how it happens and so rush limbaugh was saying the other day that uh in the article i read that if you look at the source of all these troubles it comes from these liberal crazies right so well uh I'm glad you're listening to the show. If if uh, you're new, I'll just give you a couple ways to get a hold of me if you want to give a shout-out. Uh, every once in a while, I get an email, and somebody's telling me something I should know or telling me they like the show or they hate the show or something, which all of it's fine, uh, interested in the communication, or no communication's fine, too. I'm busy. But you can reach us at Lou. L-O-U at NoHostagesRadio.com, and that's NoHostages, plural, NoHostagesRadio.com. You can email me any old time. It works 24 hours a day, uh, contrary to some of our county offices that, that close at odd times during the day, like over in Sutter County. And then they try to say that it's all for our sake. They're trying to help us individuals, but you never know when they're going to open. And be closed. It's like uh, you go to go to eat, and oh, I didn't know they're going to close. They just decide to close today. Really hard to do business that way. And um, so you can reach me anytime. Uh, you can also reach me at five three zero. This is a phone number five three zero seven one three eighteen thirty eight five three zero seven one three eighteen thirty eight. If I don't already have you in my phone. I'll answer trauma intervention program because that's a nonprofit I run here in the Yuba Sutter area. That Yuba Sutter is two counties, Yuba Sutter of California, of the 58 counties. We're up here in two counties. And uh, we run this trauma intervention program. We go to, on 911 calls with the emergency agencies to assist. So if I answer that, don't let that throw you. I just use one phone. It just is more efficient. I'm into efficiency. Government is not, I am. 
So uh, so you can reach me in those ways. Uh, if you let's see what else. I think that's about it for now. Uh, also, I want to make uh, I just checked with. Uh, we have a couple more days. If you want to run out and sign up to recall the governor of California, Gavin Newsom. You can go to, um, if you're in the Yuba Sutter County's area, you can go to uh, Elite Universal Security on 5548 Feather River Boulevard. And you can pick up, uh, actually, you can just sign up right there. You can register to vote and if you need to, and you can sign a petition to recall the governor. I just sent some petitions out uh, the other day on a Thursday. And so you can just uh, pop in there and st- still see if they, you can. It's the, We're right up against the date where we got to have them all collected. So uh, if if you are just listening to this on Saturday when it's coming out, then you need to get right over there on the weekend. They'll be open. They'll, they'll let you sign up or they'll tell you it's too late. But it's getting close. But I just turned some in on Thursday of this week. And uh, <coughs> excuse me, I got tickle up my nose. Um, so I just checked and they said, yeah, bring them on out. So we, we took them on out. Um, so, uh, that's that. So I get that done. And, um, I think that's all the background information I need to cover. So I, I played, um, a few clips on the incoming here, uh, of the show about black history month is February's black history month. And it's also the month uh, honoring Charles Darwin. And um, I wrote an article for the Territorial Dispatch. You can also get that on my website. It's called NoHostagesRadio.com. And so you can get podcasts off there and you can also get my articles. So there's an article about Black History Month and also Charles Darwin. It's kind of an odd thing to have both those uh, uh on the same month, although you just have 12 to choose from because Charles Darwin and his buddies were, um, they, they were racist. It wasn't that they just grew up hating minorities, but they just felt they intellectually, they came to the conclusion that, that the, there were that different, there were more than one race as opposed to the Bible teachers. There's a human race. Darwin and his, uh, some of his contemporaries thought that there were many races, because they look different. Like if you look at an Asian, they look different from a black, right? And so there's some different looking folks. There's some up in the Nor- uh, Finland and the Danes and Norwe- uh, Norway and the Norwegian people. They look a little bit different than some of the dark-haired people in other parts of the country. Anyway, you know how it goes. So they, they came to the conclusion there were many races of people as opposed to the human race and God just creating people look different. And um, so they came up with the conclusion that blacks and many minorities were less less evolved. That means they were less intelligent. They they just uh, more were more animal like because the idea was we all evolved uh, in different streams of genetics from the primates, apes. And uh, so I played those clips for you on why we why we really need to have Black History Month. And uh, there's a big movement on amongst liberals to create tribalism and to eliminate the melting pot in the United States where we all join, come, come from various parts of the world, and we no longer are German-Americans, 
or French Americans or Swedish Americans or Spanish Americans or Brazilian Americans or black Americans or Mexican Americans, but we're just Americans. And we all joined to learn English. And that's our unifying language, as opposed to when I went to India back in about 1989. And, and they said, Lou, there's about 1,400 dialects here. And they said kind of the rule of thumb is as we drive through the countryside, about every time we have to fill up with gas, we switch languages. That's how many there are, just different languages. So it's, it's, not, a, it's not a help to unify the population when everybody's speaking a different language. If you noticed, uh, notice nowadays, because liberals in California are running the show, a lot of the publications, you have multiple, multiple languages. It's not even uh, just English and Spanish, but now we have all kinds of things. And, and somehow people think that that's correct. In other words, people can move over here. They hate where they came from. They're all freaked out about where they came from. They're, they're persecuted where they came from. Then they come over here and want to recreate that exact thing here and create divisiveness. And uh, not all black people even agree with that, as, as you heard on my clips. But there's a lot of people that just say, you know, we're just Americans. Whatever flavor we are, we're Americans. We've been born here. We're Americans. And uh, put your flags away, your Italian flags, your Mexican flag. Just put them away. We're Americans here. If you don't like it, get the hell out. Just go home. There's a lot of places to live. Uh, just go home and go have a good time. And uh, there's a lot of good places to live around the world. I've been reading uh, or watching on YouTube a lot of people that are moving, retirees that are moving out of the United States because they can't afford to live here on their retirement nor pay for their health care. So they're moving down to Central America, moving down to places like Panama. And it, and they're they're really liking it down there. Real mild weather. So anyway, that's that. So that's uh, you can read it, articles we have on, uh, at, as I say, on my website, nohostagesradio.com. However, you may be able to get or you are able to get the uh, podcasts on probably your favorite podcast source like iTunes, etc., just by putting No Hostages Radio and pulling it up. Now, I'm told, although I'm not a techie, that that if you listen on your phone, from a podcast source, when your phone kind of times out, goes to sleep, you still it still plays on your phone. If you go and listen on the website, uh, when your phone pauses or takes a snooze, it, it stops playing on the website. So, so if you're listening on the computer, you should be fine, like your laptop. But if you're listening on a phone, that may be something that gives in your way if you're if you're driving down the highway. Now, some of my friends say, Lou, we listen going down the highway. I'm on the road a lot, and I listen. So I think they're listening to the podcast source off a podcast system. Got it? Hope that helps. Um, I wanted to read you a few things. These are a couple shorts. Uh, Tom Jeff Thomas Jefferson in 1817 said, Men of energy of character must have must have enemies because there are, are two sides to every question and taking one with decision and acting on it with effect those who take the other will of course be hostile in proportion as they feel that effect right that's the way it goes right you saw it uh i have um i think i was saying last week that i started to pay attention to politics uh, or just watch television and see a lot of politics on television. When Dwight Eisenhower became president of the United States, Dwight Eisenhower was the 
Allied Forces commander during World War II. And then when he came home and uh, moved on from the military, uh, he ran for office and became president of the United States and was a Republican president for two terms. So I, I began to watch some of the Oh, the uh, campaign rigmarole back in those days. But I have never seen, I don't know how many State of the Union messages I've watched. I watched quite a few, uh, Democrat or Republican, didn't matter which. I've I've been interested in what people wanted to do with the, you know, I, I wanted to know the State of the Union. So I watched those, uh, those events, whether it was a Democrat or Republican president. And uh, I have, I have never, um, and I didn't even watch this fully on TV like some of my friends did, but I, you can see things on YouTube, right? Because they, they reproduce them on there. And so I have never seen anything in my days. Uh, of course, we got a preview in the previous State of the Union messages or any messages Trump gave by the Democrats just behaving like uh, buttheads, just behaving like uh, rude children. And when I saw, I couldn't figure out what all those women in white were doing, but it reminded me of the Ku Klux Klan. And uh, I thought, how fitting when I realized all these women were dressed in white, and they weren't all the women in the in the group. It was Democrat women, and they it was sort of a form of protest uh, to Trump because of of what they claimed is his uh, inappropriate uh, sensitivity to the needs of women. And I thought, I, I don't know whether I agree with that because he's raised the, uh, the standard of women in almost every area. They're making more. And uh, in fact, all, all minorities, the, as the, the country has boomed economically uh, as top liberal economists claimed it was going to crash. It has boomed. It's never been higher in the history of the world. And, Every, um, like somebody says, water, a rising tide raises all boats. And that's been true. And that's not always true, but that's been true with the Trump economy because every, if you want to call it minority group, including women, which are a slight minority to men, maybe, and all the Hispanics and all the blacks and all the various minorities have all had uh, record breaking increases. And uh, their income and then in the uh, reduced unemployment and the, the numbers of employment have gone boom, just went up and the unemployment went down and the food stamps have gone precipitously down. People on welfare down. Uh, and that isn't because the government has forced them off. Uh, they're working on that now. So men aren't aren't getting a free ride. Men between, I think, I don't know, it was 30 to 50 that are not disabled and are not raising children themselves. They need to go to work and that's what they're working on. But before that, just the sheer prosperity in the country has moved people from uh, mooching off the government to paying their own way. Isn't that cool? I think that's cool. So um, I have never in my life seen the disrespect and unkindness uh, towards a leader in in my life. Now, maybe before, maybe in the 1800s, maybe the 1700s, late 1700s, it was that way. I I don't know. I can't comment on it. I'm not a, I'm not a expert on history. I I'm getting better at current, you know, recent history. 
since I was born. But I just, I, I guess I can't get over it. I'm just totally shocked and troubled uh, by the whole situation with the Democrats constantly uh, slandering, libel, slander, uh, filthy, uh, just trying to be deceptive, undermining, trying to over, overthrow the uh, the government at, at any at anything they can do. Uh, so far, they haven't tried to shoot the president, but everything else uh, they've tried to do. I mean, it like uh, somebody said today, if it this had been a Democrat, I think it was Trump said this, if this had been a Democrat effort. I mean, excuse me, if it had been a conservative effort to overthrow a, a Democrat president like Barack Obama, all these people, all those people that you think of, uh, McCabe, Comey, Brennan, uh, Page, Strzok, uh, I don't know about Rob Rosenstein, but there's just a whole, there's probably 15, 20 people, the Orrs, Mr. and Mrs. Orr, Bruce Orr and his wife. There's just a whole line of them that have probably gone to jail already. But because it's a Republican, uh, we're judged uh, by a different set of rules. So uh, I'm going to play you a clip right now um, about bureaucrats trying to control school choice, and then we'll be right back. So I sing a song for the hustlers trading at the bus stop. Single mothers waiting on a check to come. Young teachers, student doctors, sons on the front line. No, and they don't get to run. This goes on to the underdog. Keep on keeping it what you love. You'll find that someday soon enough you will School choice has proven consistently popular among one very dependable constituency, parents, and unpopular among another, unionized teachers. The rapid spread of school choice over the past 20 years has triggered an increasingly fierce union pushback, setting up an inevitable clash. Enter an insidious yet helpfully descriptive new term in policymaking, controlled choice. Yes, you parents still get to choose your desired schools, but public education bureaucrats get to control the final outcome. And lately, from New York to San Francisco, Charlotte to Polk County, the only criteria that matters is not student performance, but race. New York City schools got a little less segregated this week. My local city councilman in Brooklyn wrote at the beginning of this school year, the winner is everyone. Well, about that. In 2007, the Supreme Court barred school districts from assigning students to schools based on race. So instead, they use income as the primary determinant and characterize the resulting admissions changes as desegregation. The goal is to have poorer kids, homeless kids, and English language learners spread out evenly among schools while crossing their fingers that parents won't bolt and that all schools will improve. When this system was tried in my home district in Brooklyn, it ended up being hellishly complicated. The team that designed New York City's school picking algorithm literally won the Nobel Prize for economics, though, fun fact, one of those designers didn't like where the system placed his own kid, so he opted out and chose a charter. And I don't blame him one bit. The good news this year is that kids from communities that had never even considered some of the high-performing schools both applied to and were admitted in higher numbers. School choice for the win. But turns out parents don't much enjoy being controlled. 
One-size-fits-all schemes may look good on paper to progressives, but when applied to their own special snowflakes, suddenly lefty parents start sounding as skeptical of central planning as F.A. Hayek, or at least quietly eyeing the exits. After more than a half decade of sustained increasing enrollment, my district's sixth grade class shrunk by a whopping 7% this year. What happens in Brooklyn, alas, doesn't stay in Brooklyn. The same policy process is underway in Queens, and parents there are already revolting. The New York City school chancellor is not winning many new converts to these changes, with his habit of calling skeptical parents racist. There's an equation to diversity and a lowering of academic students. I will call that racist every time I hear it, and I will say it. So if you don't want me to call you on it, don't say it. Meanwhile, the city is considering a mandate that would require every traditional public school have roughly the same racial, ethnic, and socioeconomic makeup within 10 years. Good luck with that. Parents of means can always take the expensive options of private school or physically moving to a new district, but the main off-ramp for the non-rich has been New York's extensive charter school system. Now just guess what kind of schools New York politicians are placing an artificial cap on. So. How has controlled choice worked out there in the world? The Cato Institute's David Armour looked at a half dozen controlled choice districts and found that enrollment went down, richer families fled, and schools didn't even end up more integrated. So a friendly reminder here from the People's Republic of Brooklyn. Controlled choice is an oxymoron. Top-down systems look bad from the bottom up. Choking off supply then browbeating demand is no way to run a service. New York and other cities would be better off allowing more competitors to provide public education and more choice to meet the idiosyncratic needs of a challenging, diverse, and high-achieving city. All the things Democrats refused to applaud for last night during President Trump's State of the Union address. You want to see who the Democrats care about most? Well, let me tell you, it's not you. This is how much Nancy Pelosi and the Democrats hate President Trump. They refuse to stand up. They refuse to applaud for achievements that benefit the American people, benefit you. Now, I'm not talking about partisan policy disagreements. I'm talking about good things for the American people that help the American people, that make our lives better. But the Democrats hate President Trump so much, they refuse to applaud for any of these things. Seven million new jobs in the United States since President Trump took office. The Democrats refused to applaud. Record low unemployment rates for Americans. The lowest rate of any administration in the history of our country. Democrats refused to clap. Record low unemployment rate for African Americans. Democrats refused to clap. Record low unemployment rates for Asian Americans and Hispanic Americans. Democrats refused to clap. Watch. The unemployment rate for African-Americans, Hispanic-Americans, and Asian-Americans has reached the lowest levels in history. Record low unemployment rates for disabled Americans? Who doesn't clap for that? Democrats don't. Record low unemployment rate for U.S. military veterans, for young Americans, Democrats refused to clap. Record low unemployment rate for women, in America, Democrats, the party who pretends to champion women, they were even wearing white, refused to applaud. Seven million Americans able to get off food stamps, 10 million Americans able to get off welfare, Democrats refused to clap. Watch. Under the last administration, more than 10 million people were added to the food stamp rolls. 
Under my administration, 7 million Americans have come off food stamps, and 10 million people have been lifted off of welfare. The president then said, we must always remember that our job is to put America first. And the Democrats, elected to represent your interests as Americans, refused to clap. Record and permanent funding for historically black colleges and universities. Democrats, who claim they champion minorities, refused to clap. Vocational and technical opportunities in every high school, so more young people are qualified for the workforce. Democrats refused to clap. Protecting patients with pre-existing conditions. Democrat Governor of Michigan Gretchen Whitmer said the exact same words, but when President Trump said it, Democrats refused to clap. Banning late-term abortion of babies in the third trimester of pregnancy, the seventh, eighth, ninth month, when over 80% of Americans want abortion banned, the Democrats refused to applaud for that. Even planting trees, the Democrats refused to clap. Warning terrorists that if you attack us, you will forfeit your life. Democrats refused to clap. When the president condemned socialism and said, we will never let socialism ruin our health care, Democrats refused to clap. You know what Democrats did? They cheered on Twitter when Nancy Pelosi threw a petulant temper tantrum and ripped up the president's speech that honored heroes of our nation and the dead. Democrats did cheer for that. It used to be so easy to give my away. I found on the highway there's a price you have to pay. All right. So um, we have elections going on, as you have where you are. Uh, I'm not sure when your election is, if you're uh, listening from another state. We're, we're uh, getting it on here on March 3rd, just around the corner, uh, just about just less than 30 days away, maybe. But uh, but some of you are actually, I think Ohio just had their uh, primary, had terrible uh, difficulties with their Democrat primary and total confusion in fact i got a clip on it here a little bit later but we have a primary coming up and and in yuba county uh, i want to make a comment about this uh we have um a number of supervisor races and of course in the state of california i don't know about you guys up in washington or texas or utah idaho nevada we have uh, a meltdown happening in our school system here and uh, this, the school system is funded, unless it's a private school, like a private college, like Stanford. If it's a University of California or Cal State University or uh, junior colleges, they're all, they're all funded by um, taxes, taxes from the general fund, the state of California. And then, of course, they can collect tuition, and then they can sell other stuff nickel and dime stuff but then they uh they can go out and tax the people directly and they call that a bond you float a bond or you get a bond voted on but it's a, just another means for local uh, government schools to get money from the populace and so if you vote for it and it passes then it's taken right off your property tax bill it isn't like it isn't like if uh, the government wants to fund a a hospital or 
uh, veterans' homes or something. Then they're just asking permission to float a bond, and that money will be paid out of the general fund, right? Those are general. Other than schools, that's how it comes. You vote, you say, okay, we vote to uh, get $100 billion or $50 billion in money for uh, renewable energy or water conservation or repair the roads. Those monies uh, come from other sources. They do not come off your property tax bill. But the when the schools pass a bond, they come right off your property tax bill. So up and down the state of California, because these schools are paying their executives hundreds of thousands of dollars, like $300,000. And they're paying these fantastic salaries and benefits, pensions primarily for the rest of people's lives. So if you go to work for the government at 19, 20 years of age, 23 years of age, they promise to pay you while you're working, and then when you decide to retire at 25, 30 years, whatever, or 20, they they say, we'll go on paying you a, a large percentage of that money plus health insurance for the rest of your life. Like, so you can retire at 50, 55, and you may not die till you're 80, and we're paying you for the 20, 25 years you worked for us and did services for the community, and then we're going to pay you for another 20, 25 years for just sitting around. And uh, that's a that's an amazing is that an amazing job or what? It used to be that the uh, private sector paid much better, but they can't even compete with government. And the the other thing is you can't hardly fire a government employee. And uh, so what's happening up and down the state of California? We have seventy three different community college districts where there's as junior colleges, and uh, these junior colleges that's just two years. And you could go a portion of your college there and then transfer those units up to a four-year college, university or Cal State University, two different systems in California. But what's happening is they're running out of money. They Again, whether it's county government, city government, state government, or the school systems of the state, they're all running out of money because they can't afford to pay the pensions. And the legislature, because it's all Democrat, will not change the pension system so they're just constantly every single election cycle going out and putting more and more bonds 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 on there and they say hey it's for your kids it's for the schools it's for your kids it's for schools we got the schools falling down so we find out when we started to look into the yuba college bond because they they just got a bond in 2006 and they haven't even spent all the money but at the same time, they want more money. They said, well, that's that wasn't enough money. And so it was hundreds of millions of dollars. And the payback is is massive. Like, for instance, now they want Measure C on the ballot. Yuba College wants 200, over $200 million. And the payback is always, almost twice the amount of money they're asking for. It's just ridiculous. And now, now when we looked into it, Yuba College can't seem to even tell us clearly. They keep changing the numbers. In fact, you look on the Internet, you can't get any number to match on what their attendance is. Now, if I call over to Mary Kovalod School, which is a, a K-5 through school just down four blocks from my house, and I called the secretary, the office manager over there, I know her, and I say, hey, what's your attendance? She says, today? You know, in other words, how many kids do we have enrolled now? I said, yeah, now. She'd tell me right off the top of her head. She would not need to look up. We'd, we wouldn't have to do a freedom of information request or anything. She'd just tell me. And she could also tell me how many are transferring in there from out of the area. Now, when we called Yuba College, they couldn't tell us. 
I mean, they wouldn't even give a shot over the phone. And and we yeah, they filed a freedom. My friends filed a freedom of information request and they still didn't tell us for weeks. So uh, and they once we got the figures, it, the figures don't make any sense. So what's happening throughout the community college system um, in California is people aren't going to community college like they used to. In other parts of the country, they say the the attendance is up in those schools, but not here. And so when we started looking into all this, we realized that some of the buildings, three or four of the buildings at Yuba College are what they call, they're mothballed. They're there. When you drive by, you can see them. When you drive over, you can see them when you flew over. But they're closed up, and they're not letting any kids in. Supposedly, there's problems with them that they need to be remodeled. Well, we thought we were giving money for that to improve Yuba College. But what they did is spent the majority of the money over here in Yuba City, build a brand-new campus, did the entire infrastructure, underground work, all the sewage, everything you do to set up a brand-new campus. They set up a brand-new campus. It's kind of like just walking away from the house you have and building brand-new somewhere else, a fantastically expensive. Why? Because they have to pay Davis-Bacon salaries, Davis-Bacon Act salaries which are union-based salaries, which are way, in other words, is not fair competition because and there's a co- many contractors that would underbid that by 20%. Uh, but, but they're forced by the government because the unions are running the government, so they force them to pay Davis-Bacon Act salaries. That's Davis-Bacon Act, I think, was passed in like 1932, 33, something like that. And it, it was a racist bill to begin with. I, I don't have time to go into it, but the bottom line is, we're getting screwed by the school system the same way we're getting screwed by government because it's all being driven by unions. And so Measure C is a big ripoff. It's just dumping more money. In, and it's like, why dump more money in these these college campuses? Let's just shut some of them down and sell the property. Because that eliminates having to pay those people all those salaries. And like friends of mine are going to, they're just going to tech schools. They're, they said, I don't I don't want to go to a school where they're trying to convince. I don't want to go to a class and pay for a class. They're trying to convince me that there are multiple genders. Or they're trying to convince me that that uh, there's no God. Or they're trying to convince me that homosexuality is normal. Uh, or they're trying to convince me that uh, this is a racist. This country was founded on racism. I, you know, just all this. Why? How would that help you in your life? It doesn't help you in your marriage, doesn't help you raise your kids, doesn't help you make a living, doesn't help you get along with people. It's just BS. It's just it's propaganda. It's socialist propaganda. And and the reason we have it is because uh, the founder of our modern public education system was that he was a socialist. It wasn't like I think he is or some people thought he was. He was a declared socialist. And the idea was, hey, we're gonna we're gonna indoctrinate, we're gonna change the country by indoctrinating the kids. So what? Do, what do, kids are all fearful right now. You know that they're fearful about uh, global warming, climate change, right? And it's totally a hoax. They believe we came from apes. It's totally a hoax. They believe there's, uh, you know, that there's multiple uh, people with multiple sexuality, or or some are. Bisexual. Some of them are homosexual. Some of them are this. Some of them are, are uh, all these various uh, 
sexual persuasions. It's just nonsense. It's and you're actually we're paying people to teach this stuff. We're paying people to teach people how to have homosexual sex in the school system. I, I, I have I don't have time. You can look it up. You can look up all these topics. You can just take the topic and look it up and put, Google it and you'll find the same articles I run into. And, and uh, sometimes I say I'll get to something. And then I just run out of time. So anyway, we have we have an election going on locally. And so I want to um, we have a situation in in Yuba County which is one of the 58 counties of California, Northern California, north of Sacramento. It's one of the poorer counties. Uh, all these counties up in the north, far north, are sparsely populated, like our county of, I think it's 644 square miles or something like that. It has about 75,000 people, not too many people, right? And so here we are. It's kind of agricultural, and we got we used to have great timber uh, harvesting, replanting and harvesting here until the uh, liberals – ruined it and uh we have a lot of recreation up here so we have a judge race and the judge uh we have a judge uh judge o'connor who is retiring and so it's an open seat and two ladies are gonna are running terry spees who already works for the court system and is a is a temporary judge fills in as as a judge and and has done many uh has worked in the court system for i don't know 30 some years and uh and she's running against a lady named Melanie Bendorf who's a prosecutor for the district attorney's office and uh, the the unusual thing about this race is that Melanie Bendorf's husband is the county administrator of the county that she's going to be the judge in. You think, well, okay. Cause there's a lot of, you know, I, I run into, I don't know how it is in your County or your area. Sometimes there's laws against having uh, family, multiple family members serving in government. Like there is at the California state level, there's, there's limits on, they call it nepotism, hiring family members. So in this case, they hired Robert Bendorf to be the Cal, uh, the County administrator. And then, uh, then Melanie Bendorf was hired to be uh, an attorney for the district attorney's office where she served for many years. And so now she's running for election, but uh, her husband is elected. So between the two of them, they will make about a half a million dollars a year that they'll take out of Yuba County because they don't live here. Neither of them even lives in the county. They live in Placer County. So uh, Robert Bendorf makes makes decisions about setting up a homeless shelter right in my neighborhood and no permission given, um, no permits, uh, no running water, uh, no sewage, proper sewage, just totally, uh, I call it Bendorf Zoo. And uh, it just made a total mess out of the neighborhood over here. And but the, the bottom line is that and then he put a measure K on the ballot, which was a totally illegal a measure that another Superior Court judge, Stephen Barrier, ruled was illegal, even though it passed with. Uh, in other words, it passed with a majority of the vote. It needed to pass with two thirds. And there was a difference of opinion about that between county leaders and uh, opponents of the measure to raise more money for the the uh, the county, um, and so uh, Robert Bendorf uh, was deceptive in the way he promoted it. The the entire thing, the entire uh, 
measure. And so Howard Jarvis Taxpayers Association found fault with that and filed an action and uh, which prevailed at the, the Superior Court level. And now the county is appealing that to the uh, appellate court of the state of California. And we'll see what happens with that. But in the meantime, the, the way the California laws are, the county, even though it's an illegal tax, is getting $10,000 a month in revenue because the taxes is being taken, is enforced, and even if even if the appellate court rules finally against the county and stops the tax, the county will get to keep all the money it's collected. And right now is up around four million dollars. So why is it a big? Do you think it's a big deal that that we have a husband wife combo? First, they're going to be making almost five five hundred thousand dollars a year, and they're going to be living in another, which is totally legal. By the way, the statutes are now it's legal for a judge to live in another county and 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 the county doesn't require the county administrator to even live here. But the other thing that's interesting is when you start to raise money to, for a campaign and you go out and ask people to support you because they like you and think you'll be a great judge. And many times people uh, have pure motives and they say, we, we love you. We think you'll be a wonderful judge. We think you're an honest person. We think you're hardworking. And so we're going to donate to you. We're not only going to vote for you. We're going to give you some money to run your campaign. That's great. That's the way our polit- political system works. But then there's situations, and we know this very well, there's lobbying groups and, and special interest groups and people that actually want something from the candidate. And this is the nefarious or the underbelly or the dark side or the deep state side of our political system where people give you sizable amounts of money and then they turn around and they bring uh, requests before your before the board of the supervisors of the city council of the jurisdiction and they want something like they want to change the change the zoning or they want an, a, a development approved because the government has gotten so large in the United States and so large in state of California, particularly that every, every uh, wish you want, every, your, every desire and wish has to go before a board, a planning commission or panel to be blessed by these government rulers. So developers, etc., always have to get everything checked and approved First of all, the politicians have to approve it, and then, then the planning commission has to look at it, and then, then it has to go to the building department, and they have to look at it. And the only exception to that is the Native Americans that have casinos, like we have a new casino in our community of Yuba County, and they don't have to follow any rules, right? So now we have with Melanie Bendorf, it now comes out this week, according to the Appeal Democrat article, that Sacramento land developer Angelo Sakopoulos, uh, and he's been a major developer in California for many decades. Uh, he he gave Melanie Bindor $5,000 for her campaign. And the question I would ask is, why would he care? Are they buddies? Are, he doesn't live here. He has nothing really to do with everyday business in Yuba County. Why would he give $5,000 to a judge campaign? Very interesting, right? He's a developer. So a development issue wouldn't necessarily come before a judge unless the supervisors, like we had one do that before, where the supervisors okayed a, a big development down near Wheatland called Magnolia Ranch. And, the, and so people got a petition drive together 
and they petitioned Judge again Judge Barrier. They petitioned the county saying uh, we are going. We have enough uh, signatures. We don't want this, and we're voting. We're going to vote against it. And so uh, that it stopped that subdivision, and it went before a judge, and he ruled in favor of the opponents of the subdivision, even though the supervisors voted for it. It called Magnolia Ranch. The supervisors all voted for it. And every single one of them had been had been getting money from the developer. They had been getting cash money, thousands of dollars each. And so now we have a judge. Now, you think that Judge Melanie Bendorf would have got this money if her husband, Robert Bendorf, the uh, administrator of the county, wouldn't have been the county. If he just was working for, say, uh, a business in Sacramento, and she happened to be working for the DA's office, run for county judge, do you think that she would have actually got any money if if her husband wasn't the county administrator who really runs the county because the supervisor is supposed to run the county, but they really don't. They are told what to do by Robert Bendorf. They're not going to go against Robert Bendorf. That's just the way it is. The same way in the city council here, the Marysville City Council will not go against their uh, their city manager, <clears throat> Marty Brown. They just aren't. They're supposed to represent the people because really, if the supervisor is just going to do what the county administrator and the city council is just going to do what the city manager is going to do, we don't need the councils. We don't need the supervisors. We just we just got a little dictatorship here. And so the the, the key question is, do you think that Angelo Sakopoulos, the developer, now he already owns thousands of acres in Yuba County. Now, this guy is not in the business of uh, having a sanctuary for birds and butterflies. This guy uh, makes money on building houses. There's nothing wrong with it, right? I, I got accused one time. I wrote an article about the South Point uh, project in Sutter County uh, when it got all screwed up down there. And some friends of mine, I, I lost my friendship over it. Some friends of mine said I was I was against development. I said, I, I'm not against development. I live in a development. It's called the city of Marysville, which was once just wild land. And it, and in my in my neighborhood, we have curbs, gutters, funky streets that got potholes in them. And I got electricity. I got city sewage. I got cow water. It's a development, and I pay taxes in this development. And I'm I'm not anti-development. I'm just saying to you, this is the problem when you have nepotism. In other words, you have multiple family members. So uh, so if if Mr. Sakopoulos gives money to uh, Melanie Bendorf, and she's sleeping with the CAO, who's her husband, right? That's a good idea. If they're gonna, they should be together. They should sleep together. But if they're sleeping together and they're eating together, and these and Mr. Sakopoulos decides, I want to develop my land in Yuba County, and it's going to come before the Board of Supervisors, uh, do you think, do you think they're going to feel favoritism if she ends up winning the judgeship? Do you think the Bendorfs will feel favorable and lean favorable towards the Board of Supervisors because the Board of Supervisors are going to have to vote on it. And they like Robert Bendorf. So you think they're going to poke Robert Bendorf in the eye if Sakopoulos comes before him and, and wants to develop that property? That's the problem when you have these mult, multiple these family members in multiple positions throughout the county. It's a bad deal. And I don't like it's legal. But I don't like it when public employees are making a lot of money. And they're living in other counties, like 
we we lose the tax benefit of that. So I'm going to take a break here. We're, in fact, I ran a little over, so I got into the clip here. Uh, this is an odd deal. Iowa just let a convicted child molester out of jail because he changed his uh, sexuality. He now says instead of a man molesting people, now he's a woman molesting people. And they said, and Ohio got confused, and they said, well, now that changes everything. So we're going to let him completely out of prison. Check it out. I'll be right back. So how does it feel to know the best This wow. has not been a success. 10.43 Eastern Time. We still don't have any results. We don't have any results from Iowa. I would say to the people of Iowa, well, the last person leaving Des Moines, please turn out the lights. What is going on? What is wrong with the Iowa Democratic Party? Again, this is a party who botched uh, the call four years ago. The Iowa Democratic Party now isn't saying anything. Uh, the, uh, the guy in the White House is chuckling all night here, showing the Democrats can't even get a three-car funeral organized or whatever you want to call it. We have reached out to them. We have asked them, are you having any particular issues? If you are having any particular issues, what are those issues? We'll be working the phones to figure out, where's Tom Perez? Do you have an ETA on when you will begin releasing results? Where's the head of the DNC? No answer, no answer, no answer. We asked them if they would put a communications representative on the air to explain what's going on. Give us a call, Tom. Tell us that this is going to be okay. No answer to that either. It's staggeringly embarrassing and really unacceptable for the Democratic Party. Frankly, we are baffled as to what's going on. We are not getting any communication from the Iowa Democratic Party. What happened? This is a disaster on every level for Democrats and for Iowa. And as you say, um, this is highly unusual. You've handed the White House and the Republicans a, a, a cudgel here where you say, not only you can't trust this party to run a caucus, you suggest fraud, you suggest corruption, but you also suggest incompetence. Whoever comes in second here, particularly if it's super close, you know, there's going to be conspiracy theories bouncing around. And so um, I think that's going to be challenging as well. If I'm Joe Biden, I'm going to say the whole process was rigged. Any election in which people are writing with Sharpies at one in the morning uh, is not an election being run with sufficient precision uh, to, you know, for the consequences that we have. If I were a Democrat looking at this, it's not just the bureaucratic missteps. It's the fact that where was the enthusiasm that uh, seems so obvious in the age of Trump to be there? This is the moment. This is the 2020 election. This party has built for everything to try to defeat Donald Trump. This is the first step. They botched it. What the Iowa Democratic Party has said is it's about the same exact turnout. That is not particularly good. It's not as strong as it was in 2008. There's supposed to be all this excitement around the Democratic Party wanting to beat Donald Trump. And this isn't the only data point that shows that. To the Rev's point, first of all, there are already questions about Iowa's place being first now, with Iowa and New Hampshire not being representative of the Democratic Party voters and the country itself in terms of demographics. 35% of voters caucusing this year were first-timer, first-time caucus goers. Forty-four percent. That was the number in 2016. Um, Democrats have long leaned on President Trump being a motivator mm -hmm. for voters. Those numbers don't bear that out. Should, should that concern Democrats? Yes, but I think for a different reason than a lot of folks probably will think. And maybe I'll be the only person to say this today. The, the Iowa caucus is essentially the perfect example of systemic racism. You know, it's, if, you, if you look at the population, it's about 90.7% white. Yeah. Um, and just 4% of Iowa's population is black. But the changes 
are making caucus night shorter for people and making everything more transparent and easy for Iowans to participate in the process. The jury is still out on whether or not that's a rosy prediction. I am confident that the 2020 caucuses will be very smooth, especially considering the number of candidates that we have and growing populations. I'll be here till the end of time. So you've got to let me know. Should I stay or should I go? It's always taste, taste, taste. All right, welcome back. And um, so I was just finishing up talking about uh, the interesting development here with the uh, judge campaign, Superior Court judge campaign between Melanie Bendorf, the wife of the county administrator, Robert Bendorf, and the fact that Melanie Bendorf is now getting money from developers that normally would be going towards supervisors. Now, I'm confident that I'm, I'm just wondering, I haven't seen the uh, donation list from the from the county yet, but I'm just thinking that uh, I'm just wondering whether Angelo Sakopoulos has given money to supervisor candidates as well. But the fact that he gave 5000 to a judge of all people when he doesn't even he doesn't live here. And he doesn't have business here other than own property that's developable. And uh, but the if if Melanie Bendorf was running for office and her husband was not the county administrator, I think that would be a different situation, don't you think? Maybe, right? But I don't think I don't think Sakopoulos would be so stupid as giving her money because she's just gonna she's she's a, a judicial person. She's not going to be making decisions over his development. You see what I'm saying? But the county administrator definitely would. It's just a goofy deal to me. All right, let's move on. Uh, let's see. Oh, uh, I, I touched on the fact of the Yuba College bond. You absolutely. Here's the deal: what needs to happen? Yuba College needs to trim the costs of running their college and paying people nearly as much as the governor gets or the president of the United States gets is totally crazy uh, to pay university people this. I don't know how much these individual professors are getting. I know that I, I hear some of them at the top school, like Elizabeth Warren supposedly got $400,000 to teach a class. I just think it's totally out of line, whatever it is. Even if you don't think it's totally out of line, let's put it this way. If it was a private business and they ran out of money, you call that going broke. Businesses in the Yuba Sutter area and throughout the world and throughout the uh, United States world constantly go out of business, right? Because it's not that they aren't bringing in any money. They aren't making, they aren't, uh, they're, they're not bringing in enough money to pay their bills. And Yuba College isn't bringing in enough money to pay its bills and keep up with them. Therefore, they, for instance, if you find somebody's house and there's tarps on the roof, that's a bad sign. You go down the street, house, nice house, nice house, nice house, and then there's a house with a tarp on the roof. What's that say? That means they couldn't afford to fix their roof, so they're tarping it off. And it, I've seen... In Marysville, I've seen tarps in my neighborhood, been on there for a couple of years. They have to replace the tarp, buy a fresh tarp. 
And when that happens, that means people cannot afford to take care of the PG&E or the utilities, all the utilities, pay their taxes, do this, do that, the other thing, plus put on a roof. That's a bad sign, folks. That's a real bad sign. And so when you see people that uh, you see broken windows, you see dilapidated fences, and no one's fixing them, that is a bad sign. They're running out of funds. So when you go out... I saw some uh, people talking that were running for other races in town. They were talking at a forum, kind of a debate or a forum on Facebook, and they were commenting that they had attended Yuba College. And they said they went out there and were shocked because when they went out there, the place looked like it did in the 60s, except it was a lot worse. It was run down. And they thought, what in the world have they been doing with all the money? Millions and millions and hundreds of millions of dollars they've been getting over the years. Where's it been going? Well, it hasn't been going into repairing those buildings. Now, my my house is older than Yuba College, and it's nice. Why? Because I keep putting money into it. I keep putting roofs on it. I keep painting it. I keep putting in new plumbing, changing the toilets. I keep changing Why? Because I prioritize that. Why? Because I'm not paying myself fantastic amounts of money. I'm not spending it. I'm not flying all over the world, doing vacations, buying fancy cars, right? I'm I'm prioritizing these my house because I want to live in it. I don't want water coming through the roof. But the but the college, they don't prioritize things that way. They are giving fantastic amounts of money. The top four people at Yuba College are making a million dollars. When you add up all four salaries, a million dollars, we can't afford that. That's where your money's going. And we can't afford to build these new campuses all over their multi-county district. So I'm encouraging you, listen, bonds are taxes. Bonds are just school bonds are another form of taxation. And when you vote for any other kinds of revenue bonds at the state level, that is is. It's not so much taxation, but it's taking the tax dollars you already spent or are spending every year or being taken from you and go into the general fund. And those revenue bonds are tapping into those taxes. So instead of goods and services, you're getting nothing out of those. You're getting nothing. So it's it's shocking. So the so the Sutter County campus, all brand new, right? Maybe a couple of years old, few years old. The Yuba County campus is being mothballed one building after another. It's unbelievable. What it it's like, hey, uh they they're not able to maintain their own facility. It they're just letting it go. In fact, the administration, they had a the big flat top administration building right in the front of the campus by North Bell Road. They totally abandoned that and moved their entire administrative offices into downtown Yuba City, and I think they're spending $325,000 a year lease. Can you imagine that? And yet they got a building right out there that they just need to re- redo. And I think the excuse was, well, they just wanted to be more centrally located. Honestly, people, uh, you know what You know what politicians count on? You and I to be stupid. Because it's just very difficult, isn't it, when the government is as big as it is? It's just difficult to keep up with all these issues on top of all your issues. What are your issues? Trying to keep do your job well at, at your work so you continue to have a job. Keep your car running. Keep your kids happy. Keep your kids not doing drugs, not depressed, not being bullied. Keep your wife healthy. 
keep your kids healthy, keep your insurance paid, your health insurance, your car insurance, your house insurance, all the insurances, right? All the fees, all the taxes, hundreds of taxes to the federal, state, county government, city government. Um, You're just trying to barely keep up, right? Keep your kid in soccer, coach baseball, keep, you know, help your kids have a happy life, right? And at at the same time, them supervisors and city council people, and all kinds of government people are doing all kinds of shenanigans. And then they say, well, people don't really care. No, people care. They just, they can't keep up with your, every week these things are going on in all these different jurisdictions. And people are making really stupid decisions, really stupid decisions, burying us in debt. And uh, I don't know, I, have, I don't think I'm going to take time to tell you even locally. And some of you that listen, listening in other states and counties you might not even be interested in all the craziness that's gone on in our local counties there that it they just in debt us they go out and borrow money and buy buy properties that are totally loser ideas and then we got to pay for them and the and the representatives that did that leave leave government and go on take their take their benefits take their retirements or just leave government go on do something else and leave us with the cleanup it's like the people that poop on the streets around here. We got to clean it up. They feel better. They said, oh, I'm glad I got rid of that. They said, yeah, then somebody else has got to clean it up for you. That's how it is in our cities and counties here. It's unbelievable. So vote no if you're in Yuba County and Sutter County or any of the counties up here in Northern California that are a part of the Yuba County Community College District. Vote no on C. Please, 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 please. If you look at your property tax statement, there's four different charges on your property tax statement that have to do with bonds. That's Yuba College bonds. Now, some of you have other bonds. I got high school bonds. I got Marysville High School bonds on my tax statement. Some of you are, are in different districts. You got other. You got Wheatland bonds or Plumas Lake bonds. There are other bond requests from other school districts in my area around here. Pay attention. There's lots of bonds and. Uh, let, let me just look here. I think I pulled it up and uh, see if I can find it. Uh, I don't. I don't have it here. So I got. Let me just pull up Lou's picks. I I put out a. So for here's here's some of the bonds that are on the Yuba County. Uh, there's Major C, which is Yuba College. Major L, which is Wheatland High School, and Major M, which is Plumas Lake School schools. And so, uh, and then there's Proposition 13, which is a state school bonds. That's that's a like 15 billion or something, or 17 billion. That's a state school bond. Uh, vote no on all four. I got no on all four. Oh, let me tell you this also, since for you Yuba County folks, the Yuba County Water Agency is one of the most well. It's the richest agency of all the jurisdictions and the the counties up here and they have seven members five of which are members of the board of supervisors and they transfer money back and forth like it's going out of style totally a conflict of interest so two of the members on that seven member board are community members that aren't on the board of supervisors and one is up for re-election and the guy's name is charlie matthews charlie matthews happens to be a rice farmer and he's an expert on water in fact I would say he's the uh, top expert 
in terms of a bank of knowledge on California water, which is the California the Yuba County Water Agency is selling and managing water out of the Bullards Bar Dam. And it's also managing and selling power off the powerhouse on the dam. And Charlie Matthews is the only guy on that board that's really an independent thinker. And we need independent thinkers. In fact, if all members on the board always are unanimous, yes, we don't know what is really thinking very hard. What you're better off having is people have various perspectives and debate things and uh, always having a unanimous yes isn't necessarily a good sign. Maybe we're all like each other and everything, a lot of love here. But what we want is love. You can love each other and still make some really stupid decisions. Are you with me? You can have a really loving relationship and make some really bad decisions. So Charlie Matthews is he's the incumbent. He that incumbent. If you never heard that word before, that means he's on the board already. He's just running for election again. So I have him on here for this reason. One is he's the brightest guy there. He's the brightest guy on the board. There's seven members. He's the brightest guy. Number two, he's an independent thinker, and he's he's got a view that he's questioning whether all the decisions on the board are really be- benefiting the people, all the people of the people of Yuba County. The decisions on the Yuba County uh, Water Agency Board should be benefiting all the people of Yuba County, not just a handful of rich people. Hold that thought. And I don't have time to get into all the details. But um, so Charlie Matthews, if you're a Yuba County resident and not all of Yuba County will vote on the Yuba County Water Agency a director, that's just northern Yuba County. So just look at your uh, if you've got your ballot in the mail, I already got mine I already voted, just need to hand it in uh, and on mine because I live in Charlie's area. I voted for him. So also uh, another uh, district, big, big deal. Is, is Joe Henderson that's running in District 4. That's a Wheatland, Plumas Lake area. Gary Br- Bradford, who's the incumbent out there, has been the big liar all the way along on this Measure K uh, defraud. He's defrauded the people of Yuba County by uh, telling them this was a, a special fund that was going to benefit only fire and police, and it was going to go into a special fund, not in the general fund. He just... Either this guy is totally nuts or he's just a flaming liar. And so Joe Henderson, who's been a uh, been involved in all kinds of public service down in the uh, South County and been on the, the Wheatland City Council for years, is uh, is running against Bradford. So Joe Henderson, remember that. Also, hey, I want to uh, all you people up in the third district which is a multiple of counties, uh, like uh, portions of counties. It's a congressional seat. It's Yuba Sutter and then Sonoma, Yolo, and maybe portions of a couple others. But uh, I'm encouraging people to vote for Sean Foyt. In fact, if you want to listen to Sean Foyt, he's going to be speaking at the Church of Glad Tidings this Saturday, actually tonight, if you just hear, hear this on Saturday you may hear it too late if you don't listen to it on Saturday, but on Saturday night, the uh, the 8th, Foyt uh, is going to be up in the Yuba Sutter area, and uh, they, he's been coming up here. They've been going door to door. He's the first time uh, a guy running for office, and uh, he's a, a businessman. He graduated from Oral Roberts University. 
uh, majored in business, got a minor in music. He's a professional musician. He's been a missionary and worked in, I think, about 50 countries. But uh, he's had some very successful, he has some very successful businesses, but he's decided he's a millennial and he decided I'm instead of whining about what's going on and our, and our kids going to be buried in debt, which they are, uh, he's running running and for the Republican primary. So if you're not listed as a Republican, if you're not uh, registered as a Republican, you won't be able to vote for him in the primary, but you may be able to, if he makes it through the primary, uh, you could vote for him against Garamendi, John Garamendi, who is basically white Obama. So if you loved Obama, you love Garamendi. Garamendi has never really had a career except for politics. He got out of college, went into the Peace Corps, ran for office, and never left. He's in his between 70 and 80 years of age. Uh, very liberal, uh, believes the government, the more government we got, hallelujah to you. We just need more and more and more government. We should have government running everything. Loved Obamacare. You can see him on YouTube just praising Obamacare. Remember when they were pitching it? Oh, it's going to solve everything. Going to insure everybody. You can keep your doctor. You can keep your health plan. You can do this. You can do, you know, they just promised the best of all world. You can have your cake and you can eat as much of it and still have it. Right. Have your cake and eat it too. Sean Foyt. It's spelled F E U C H two C H T Foyt. Okay. Um, that's, uh, that's that. I'm going to move on from lose picks. If you want a copy of my picks, I'll send them to you. There's not a lot. I'd like if you want Sutter County picks or whatever, there's three races besides some of these Yuba County things I just talked about. There's three supervisorial races in, in Sutter County. Uh, I would vote for McKelly, Brookman, and Conant if you get over there in Sutter County, if you're listening over there, uh, and you'll, you'll all pop up. Of course, you're only going to vote for the district that you reside in, McKelly, Brookman, Conant. And I on the uh, Yuba County side, I got Leahy, Fur, Fuhrer. F-U-H-R-E-R, and Henderson. Okay? Spees for Judge, Matthews for Water Agency. Okay, get it on. You can vote. If, you, if you're if you an absentee voter like me, you already probably got the pen to the paper. You're getting it on over there. So uh, let's see. Let me get back to my other sheet, which is telling me where to go from here. All right, all right, all right. Okay. Let me just do some shortcuts here. We got a couple minutes before my next break and get get us to the halfway point here. Dana Loesch, who who has uh, been a spokesperson, I don't think she now is for the NRA, the National Rifle Association. She is a and she's a talk show host. She says, "I wish Mitt Romney fought as hard for voters in 2012 as he does against the Trump administration." Man, do you see what Romney did? This guy is. I think he's whacked. I think he's like got some dementia or, you know, every couple of years he's asking for Trump's endorsement. Then he turns around and calls him a jerk. I mean, it's unbelievable. The guy's weird. He's got something. He's got some. Uh, there's something missing upstairs. He's not dealing with a full deck anymore. Uh, Pence said, you know, behind Trump, you could some people, some of my friends actually hung a towel over the TV monitor to shut. So they didn't have to look at uh, Botox, babe. And uh, so Pence sat on one side, Nancy Pelosi on the other. And Pence says, I wasn't sure if she was ripping up the speech or ripping up the Constitution. I thought, honestly, the Democrats, the liberals have no use of the Constitution anymore. They just think 
it's an outdated document that's just there at the Smithsonian Institute and like to hell with it. Um, so this is cool. I'm going to uh, finish with this for the time being, and we'll go to a break. Van Jones, who was a, in the Obama administration, he's been an uh, activist. He, Van happens to be black, at least he's part black. He says, a warning to Democrats. What President Trump was saying to African-Americans can be effective. In other words, he was saying that he's talking about the State of the Union message. What President Trump was saying to Americans, black Americans can be effective. You may not like it, but he mentioned HBCUs, which stands for Historically Black Colleges and Universities. Our black colleges have been struggling for a long time. A bunch of them have gone under. He threw a lifeline to them in real life in his budget. He talked about that. He talked about the criminal justice reform. He talked about the opportunity zones. He talked about school choice. We got to wake up, folks. We say, well, he said, s-hole, s-hole nations. We don't like that. So we're going to hate him forever, he says. And Van Jones says, but people aren't necessarily going to hate him forever for that. Because that's just the way it is. There are those kind of nations. There are those kind of like I got downtown Marysville is a is an asshole. It's just like a total mess down here. And and it's amazing if you went to the city council meeting, you'd think you were like they were talking about Danville, California, Irvine, California, Hollywood, California. You know, uh, Marin, Marin, California. If they they just don't they get in there and they get it. I don't know. There's something in the air and the air conditioning system of City Hall. They just get on, under the influence. All right. We're going to take a break. We're coming up to the halfway point of the show today. And um, I'm going to play you a clip here. It says five things I learned at the gun range. Kind of a fun little clip, but it's true. OK, be right back. So I invited some of my white homeboys to the gun range with me, thinking I'm finna show them some things. And then they came. And then I learned five things. Here go five things I learned about inviting your white friends to shoot at the gun range with you. Five. Number one, your white friends ain't gonna bring one gun. They gonna bring one guns with a Z. Guns. This is a 9mm sky pistol. Now listen, this is a great gun range gun. It shows like five, six bullets. It ain't designed to really kill nobody. It's designed to stop your enemy. They looked at my gun and laughed and was like, bro, that's all you brought to the gun range? They pulled out AR-15s. They pulled out AK-47s. They pulled out the entire alphabet. I thought I was at a driving test like, um, I, E, um, I Tank, that's an army tank. But you bringing guns in here like the world in the end. Like when I go back outside, there ain't going to be no more earth out there. We going to walk out there and I'm going to be like, bro, was flat earth real? Where did everything go? We are standing on the edge of tomorrow, literally. If you are planning on going to the gun range with your white friends, bring guns, buy guns, borrow guns. Because they are going to have guns with a Z at the end. Guns. Number two, I learned that the gun burst. Pow. Don't make them jump. If you're a gun person, then you know what a Ruger do. A Ruger, when you squeeze it, it feel like the whole earth is shaking. But I got to be the only person in the world that, that ever... T- 
Nah, they can hear every single thing outside. They can hear birds chirp. They can hear the earth grow. They can hear grass get long. I legit put the gun right beside Kevin Kirby, which was my homeboy. The gun beside his ear. Bam, 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 bam. He took off his earmuff like, you good? You good, bro? Bro, you, you clearly are deaf in that ear. I heard you, dog. I ain't deaf in this ear. You can hear everything but gun sounds. I don't get it. I don't understand it. And I'm not going to question it. That's between you and whatever happened in your childhood. Number two, they do not jump. Number three, an hour is never enough time for gunfire for them. Now, the Alamo in Naples, Florida charges you $15 to shoot for a whole hour at that lane. No, hell no. Gosh, no. They don't think an hour is enough. We was at this lane for an hour, and I was, like, packing up my stuff, like, okay, dog, I'm kind of ready to go. Now, nah, here you go, Josh. Go put another 20 on lane three. We finna stay, like, at least another, like, three, four more hours. Hope you ain't got nothing to do today. Kirby, we came to the gun range on Tuesday, dog. It's... It's Friday, dog. I just, I just kind of want to go home. Y'all can shoot forever. How? I don't know. My wrists be hurting. I got other things I like to do with my wrists, and you clearly just don't even care. That's why your left arm's so big. That's why your forearm's big, because you be called this a chicken wing. Number four, I don't know where they buy their bullets from. I don't know if their bullets are cheaper, but they have an insurmountable, limitable supply of ammunition. I don't know if their daddy is a bullet maker. I don't know if they dream bullets and they appear under their pillows. I don't know what it is. They have bullets. They'll pull the bullets out their pocket. They open in their wallet. Bullets falling out. Taking off their hat. Bullets out here. Putting them into their gun. Opening their mouth. Ah, bullets falling out. Like, where the hell are y'all getting all these bullets from? And who are you going to war with? Because if you finna go to war over there, let me stay over this side. Listen, I'm prepared to protect my home. You got enough bullets to protect my home, your home, homes of people that are unknown. Who are you fighting? And the fifth thing to know before going to shoot with your white friends, your gun better have a name to it. I call my gun a 9mm. I call my other gun a Smith & Weston 9mm. Nah, Kevin called his AK Bertha. He called his AR-15 Chucky. I say, Kirby, why do you call it Chucky, dog? I thought he was going to say something neat like, it's like scary or something. He said, nah, for when it's fire, it sounds like it's saying, umbalada shimbela, umbalada shimbela. I've never thought to name a gun. I just called it a gun because that's what it is. G-U-N. That's fun. It's like it's a gun. It's a nine millimeter. I didn't know I had to call my, my gun Frederick Douglass or or Martin Luther King because it's all black or something like that. I don't I don't know. If you finna go out, make sure you your gun got a nickname. Cause if not, they're gonna point you out. They might put the fire on you. You can't get out the lane because you in there for three or four hours. So you can't tell nobody. You can't knock on the door and say, I don't want to be in here. Then he give you that look. You start seeing bullets drops and stuff like that. And then you can't whisper, hey, I because he clearly can hear that, but he can't hear the the sound of the gunshots firing and stuff like that. You know what? I lost everything. I fell out of a daydream at the door of a long lost friend. And I cried aloud without an inch of Right. I want to go on and give you a, a few of these other uh, short quotes uh, from f significant folks in our nation. Uh, it's interesting that Bernie Sanders' comment about the State of the Union message was, in the year 2020, how can a president of the United States give a State of the Union speech and not mention climate change? This, this shows, you know, I know a lot of people are heroin addicts, <clears throat> meth addicts, even some that you still use LSD. 
they're not as crazy as this dude. This dude is crazy. By the way, I, I was going to talk a couple weeks ago, and I, I ran out of time. This guy, uh, he's got like three or four. This is a, a communist guy believing that we should all live at the same level and we should all sacrifice for the cause. This guy's got three or four homes. This guy's got millions of dollars. How does this guy do it? Where's this guy get all his money, right? Millions of dollars, planes. This guy's unbelievable. He just he says one thing, but he lives a, a total different way. His wife totally ripped off the college. In fact, they tried to, I don't know whether they're still prosecuting her or not, but she totally ripped off this college uh, that she was the president of. You know, it's fascinating to me. Isn't it what a coincidence where you get these guys in politics and then their wives end up in these tremendous jobs? Remember Barack Obama and his wife ended up at the at the uh, the top end of either the PR gal or the president of this hospital in Chicago. And she was making like three hundred and fifty thousand dollars or something a year back in the days when he was senator of the United States. It's just it's uncanny. You know, have you ever let's see Chelsea Clinton, you know, this Chelsea Clinton gal? Hillary and Bill Clinton's daughter. This gal is clueless gal. She had to go out and just make a, a normal living. Uh, good, God bless her and everything. Hope she does good. But she just gets one plum job after another. Why? Because she's connected to her parents, and she just picks up a couple hundred thousand here, a couple hundred thousand. It's just amazing. Uh, it's all everybody paying off everybody. That's what this is all about. Uh, Joe Biden, Joe Biden says, no way to spin it. I'm not going to sugarcoat it. We took a gut punch in Iowa. Uh, the whole process took a gut punch. But look, this isn't the first time in my life I've been knocked down. I think he's talking about the latest caucus. I think I said Ohio, but it's I, the Iowa caucus. I get the I always get the O's squirt around Ohio, Iowa. To me, it's just uh, I probably if I was going to move to a state, I'd probably think I was moving to one and I'd end up over in the other. And I thought, what am I doing over here? I thought I was moving to other place. Uh, here, here's one. Uh, I like what Mitch McConnell says. He says Democrats think President Don Trump committed a high crime or misdemeanor the moment he defeated Hillary Clinton in the 216 election. That is the original sin of this presidency. He won. She lost. Um, amazing. Now, uh, let's see. I uh, I got half a show left. I love this. I got to get this. This is not huge, but uh, this is what we should be doing. North Butler and Clarksville Community School Districts in Iowa will deliver a mandatory hunter safety course in the 7th and 8th grade physical education curriculum next spring. Do you think that's cool? I think that's just totally awesome. When I was this age, my dad took me to the uh, the Ro- Twin Cities Rod and Gun Club, and they had a uh, gun and safety course right down by the Little League Park on Market Street. I remember going to it. There was a little Quonset hut down there, and I remember taking that course, learning how to handle a rifle, written and practical, uh, and now they're going to they're going to dovetail this right into the school districts in North Butler and Clarksville uh, community school districts in Iowa. Um, Superintendent Joel Fraser says what we do best is educate our kids. I love this. And uh, hopefully not. They're not showing them little uh, uh, wooden wooden uh, 
penises that they're putting condoms on and stuff. That's what they do around here. They have wood, wooden penises that they uh, they erect penises and uh, they shape like a pen, erect penis and it's wooden and they they help kids learn how to put a condom on correctly. So Joel Foster says, we feel if we educate our kids on how to use weapons responsibly, how to respect them, understand that it's not a, it's a, not a video game or that sort of thing, that maybe we'll cut down on our chances of having a severe incident. If parents don't want their kids to be involved, in this case, they can opt out. Like, oh, I don't want my kids to even spell the word gun. I'm, we're eliminating it from the dictionary at my house. As a parent, Joel says, the superintendent, he said, I love this new program. The superintendent has the right idea about uh, teaching kids to respect guns. Hopefully this will be a success and other school districts will pick up on it. I like it. That's what we should do in California. We should do, you know, it used to be... uh, if you wanted to learn how to drive in California, you just simply went down and got a permit. You didn't have to take any kind of course, and you just studied the book, got your permit, and you had your parents ride around with you, kind of tutor you a little bit, and you studied, and you went in and took the course. Then what they did is they did just like these folks did. They added it to the curriculum of school, so you could take it as an elective at high school for free instead of paying an outside person called driver's ed remember that when they added that they drived it they did that after i left because uh we got along without it but then they incorporated it now we should incorporate this into seventh and eighth grade of our middle schools right here and wouldn't it be cool maybe you know what they should do is uh you know i noticed uh, dave sampson dave is a retired sheriff's deputy from sutter county sheriff's department and in dave's uh retirement he has become the coach or the mentor, or the teacher, or all three of the Sutter uh, High School. Uh, I don't know what they call it. I don't know what they call it. Shooting, shooting uh, club, or something like that. They're learning marksmanship, right? And he's the coach. I'm really proud of those people because they're going and competing, and they're doing great. I wish all of our schools had that, and I uh, maybe in Sutter County we could incorporate some of this shooting at a lower level and get these guys even going to the Olympics as shooters. I know uh, uh, Alan Garza, who's the uh, longtime uh, uh, employee or veteran, I should say, Alan Garza, longtime veteran of Sutter uh, Yuba County Sheriff's Department just across the river in the next county. He was on worked in patrol for many years, was a sergeant. And then he was appointed to be captain of the jail. His son is now winning all kinds of awards, uh, top first pl- places at competitions for a shooting, shotgun shooting, and uh, at trap shoots and all kinds of things. And I think he got it some kind of a scholarship. I can't name the college back in the Midwest. But uh, anyway, he's thrived at becoming a shooter. And so it's a it's a profession, it's a hobby, but it's a uh, it's an area of competition that that some schools are honoring, and actually we have uh, that's an Olympic competition. Like cool, wouldn't that be cool if some of our kids went to the Olympics, right out old Yuba Duba and Sutter Duba? Okay, so I want to also talk to you a bit. This I got this uh, through the um, internet, and sometimes. Uh, the things I see on the internet are I'm skeptical about. 
I'm skeptical about him, but I looked over this. And what it is is a list. The conclusion the guy or the gal came to is wasn't accurate. He compared the amount of, well, first of all, he listed the amount of departments, you know, like agencies and departments of the California state government. He listed them in alphabetical order, which is easy to check. But then he, he made a statement that was inaccurate, saying that the number of employees in the state of California, if he's talking about just state government, equaled the population of the state of Alaska. I double-checked that, and and he's incorrect about that, unless he just made a misstatement about the comparison. But I, I went through, and I, um, I didn't count every a- agency one by one, but what I did is I took the 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 each line of agencies there's I counted them and there's about three agencies per line typing and I just multiplied it out to get a round figure and in the state of California there are you wonder like where's all your money going and you know when we were talking about the uh creating the state of Jefferson in the top 24 or 22 counties in the state of California the top ones up in the north up against Oregon when we talked about creating that uh discussing like the workability or viability of of a of a separation and moving off and creating a state of Jefferson or whatever name you want to call it of how we could get by because people say oh well, you don't have enough money up here to support a government well no we don't want to support the big layer you know multiple hundreds of layers of government bureaucracy right so when i counted up these agencies i came up with at least 775 Agencies. Now we're calling like a university campus an agency, right? So uh, I'll I'll read a few so you just don't think I've lost my mind. California Small Business and Disabled Veterans Business Enterprise Certification Program. That's one agency. California Small Business Development Center Program. California Smart Growth Caucus. California Smog Check Information Center. California Spatial Information Library. California Special Education Division, California Speech, Language, Pathology, and Audiology Board, California Standard Testing and Reporting, STAR, California Standards and Assessment Division, California State, so so obviously you get the point, right? So that's some of it. I'll, go, I'll jump to another uh, part of the alphabet. California Legislative Lesbian, Gay, Bisexual, and Transsexual Caucus, California Legislature, Internal Caucus, California Library Development Services, California License and Revenue Branch, California Major Risk Medical Insurance Program, California Managed Risk Medical Insurance Board. There are at least 775 of those in our state. You wonder where your money is going, right? It's actually getting burned up. Remember when Arnold Schwarzenegger came in, he said one of the things he's going to do is look at all these boards where people get money to sit on these boards. Most boards I've ever sat on, it costs me money to sit on them. But when you get high enough, then they give you like $100,000, $50,000, $35,000. So anyway, I was looking at all this, but then this guy said there's so many employees in the state of California and... Uh, and it was equal to the number of um, people that lived in Alaska. I I didn't find that to be true, but I still found the number of the people of state, uh, the employees of the state of California, to be impressive. 
what what I found was there are 235,984 employees in the state of California. That's pushing a quarter of a million folks in one state. Now, you think we couldn't split off a state in Northern California and do better than that, a lot less than that, way less than that? Well, certainly we could because we're only serving 24 counties and we don't have that big of an – we just – what if you could cut it in half? What if you could cut everything – what if you could cut the number of departments down to about 200 instead of 775 it's departments, agencies, commissions, right? And they have 230. Well, let's just call it 230. We're, we're just 20, 26. We're 16 employees short of 236,000 employees. Is that amazing? 210,000. I'm going to round it up to 10,000, 210,000 are active full-time, 2,120 active part-time, 20,339 active intermittent, and then 233 active indeterminate employees. So anyway, uh, our government is, you know, our, our founding fathers, honestly, they wouldn't even recognize us. California Board of Behavioral Sciences. California Board of Accountancy, California Board of Chiropractic Examiners, California Board of Equalization, California Board of Forestry and Fire Protection, California Board of Guide Dogs for the Blind, California Board of Occupational Therapy, California Board of Optometry, California Board of Pharmacy, California Board of Podiatric Medicine, California Board of Prison Terms, California Board of Psychology, California Board of Registered Nursing, California Board of Trustees. California Board of Vocational Nursing and Psychiatric Technicians, California Braille and Talking Book Library, California Building Standards and Commission, California Bureau of Private Post-Secondary and Vocational Education. On and on and on it goes. This is not a baloney deal. I counted by rough count, counting the lines and how many average boards in each line, I got 775 different units we're we're paying for thousands and thousands incredible number of people and um by the way this thing of taking over pg&e i want you to think of one agency in california if you're a californian that's being run well they're not a not only being run horribly it's despicable and these guys are actually going to one now they take they want to take over your medical care th- God forbid. And now they're going to want to take over utilities. Now in Russia, Russia ran your utilities. You know what they did? If if they got pissed off at an apartment complex or a, or a section of a city, they just turned the power off. Think about that. They just turn your power off if they get pissed off at you or you don't follow suit or you vote against them, right? You vote against the de- Democrats and the Democrats turn your power off. Now, what's happened is there's been so much over-regulation of Pacific Gas and Electric. It isn't that they need more regulation. They need lots less regulation. And what's happening is, if you want to look at Venezuela, Venezuela took over their power people. They took over the whole oil industry. You know what? They have more oil reserves in Venezuela than anywhere in the world. And, you know, they're they're importing gas now in Venezuela. Why? Because when Chavez took over and he nationalized the oil, they fired all the experts and then hired all his political cronies. 
and now they can't even produce enough fuel. We're talking about when you pump oil out of the ground, you can't put it in your car, ladies or guys. you got to refine it. They can't even refine enough petrol for their own people. Think about that. And now we got Gavin Newsom down here that can't even keep the piles of shit off his street. And he wants to take over the power of the state of California. It is totally nuts. He, they can't keep the homeless people and the shit off the street. They got needles all over the street of San Francisco. People say to me, well, how do you know it's all his fault? Well, he was a board of supervisor. I mean, who do you think's in charge of what? He's board of supervisor for years. Then he was mayor for eight years. Then he was lieutenant governor for eight years. At what point do you think he's responsible for anything? Would he be responsible for the toilet paper in a bathroom at City Hall? This guy is wanting to take over Pacific Gas and Electric. Now, let me tell you why, why they're going broke. Have they made some stupid decisions? Of course they have. But listen, when the government is telling you, say you're in the power business, what's your goal? To deliver, to make a profit by delivering power to your customers, right? Gas and electric power, natural gas I'm talking about. And so what you do is you go out and produce that by geothermal, water, nuclear, fossil fuel, whatever. You produce it as cheap as you can. And you give a good buy to your customers. It's a monopoly, so they can't just raise prices willy-nilly. But you're trying to get enough where you've you got to please your stakeholders, your stockholders. So you need to make enough profit to reward your stockholders and have money left over to run and have money left over to expand, explore, develop more energy, right, if the, if the state's going to grow. So the liberals get in here 50 years ago in California and say, we, we don't believe in nuclear energy, which is the cleanest en- energy there is. We don't believe in that. We don't, want, we don't want anybody drilling in the ground for anything. What we want to do is when a wind blows, we're going to put these big bird blenders up in the air, which actually costs millions of dollars and, and burns up all kinds of CO2, all that kind of spits off all kinds of CO2 because they got to manufacture those big things with fossil fuels. They, we want to, we want to just be, we want to run our power in our house and our factories by wind power and, and power from the sun. Well, you know what's, what the problem is when the wind blow, don't blow, no power. When the sun isn't able to penetrate the clouds, no power. And then you have to c- come up with an idea of all these huge battery packs to when the sun's out and the wind's blowing, we can take the surplus energy that we can't use right then, right? Because you can't measure it. You can't hold on to it. It just comes and goes. It's it's like the liberals want our water. It's like use it as it comes by. Once it comes by, the fish get it. No dams. Eliminate dams. In fact, they're always wanting to take down dams, right? So now we we don't have enough battery packs. So when we got a lot of windy days and we got more power come through than we can use, we can't store it. Solar, we can't store enough of it. So right now, if we just said, all right, shut shut the fossil fuels off. We're just going with bird blenders and solar. We couldn't power but about 4 to 6% of the entire state. Just think about that. But these people have forced PG&E to buy power from these alternative sources at 
incredibly high rates. Then at the other end, they restrict how much money they can get for the power from you and me if you're a Californian. It's a totally screwed up deal. So you have a business and you know how to make a profit because you got to make a profit to stay in business so you can pay your stockholders, your employees, your payroll, your all the stuff. And yet the state comes in and said, no, we want you to do it this way. But they don't know how to run a business. It's a crazy thing. The state has has been the big contributor of breaking PG&E. And then the state wants to take over. I want you to imagine whatever your PG&E bill is right now, your utility bill, I want you to imagine it doubling. I was just talking to a friend of mine the other day who has a large plot in uh, a house and yard in, in East Marysville, very nice house, and they can't afford to water it. And uh, she wants to put her own well in. She, she'd like to put her own well in. And, uh, but again, the government gets involved and so we, maybe they won't allow that. Right. Who knows? So anyway, uh, the state of California has broken PG&E. PG&E's made some stupid decisions as well, but, uh, but it's the government's fault. They, they're way over-regulated, and nobody can run a business like this. If you, whatever you've got, to, you're selling, if you're selling clocks, you're selling brake jobs, you're changing oil. If the government is constantly telling you how to do your job, finally you just have to quit or, or leave the area. Okay? We're going to take a break. We're already over here. We've got a couple more segments to go. Um, this is a good, we got a couple segments. Uh, we finally have proof of Ukraine quid pro quo. And then Tammy, uh, Tommy Laren's got a little clip here. So we'll be right back after that. I'm going to take me a swig of tea and then we'll finish up. We've got two more clips and we'll, or two more segments of 20 minutes each and we call it a day. All right. Be right back. President Trump threatened to withhold U.S. security aid to the Ukraine if the Ukraine didn't do what he wanted them to do? Oh, no, wait. That wasn't President Trump. That was Joe Biden, who was caught on video bragging about threatening to withhold U.S. aid from the Ukraine unless they fired the prosecutor who was investigating Burisma, the corrupt Ukrainian energy company where Biden's son, Hunter, sat on the board. Remember that time Donald Trump refused to give weapons, lethal aid to the Ukraine to defend themselves against Russian aggression? Oh, no, wait. That wasn't President Trump. That was President Obama who benefited Putin's interests when Obama didn't give Ukraine the lethal weapons they needed to face off against Putin. Remember that time Donald Trump colluded with foreign government intelligence operatives to meddle in our 2016 presidential election? Oh, no, wait. That wasn't Donald Trump. That was Hillary Clinton and the DNC who paid British intelligence officer Christopher Steele for the salacious, the unverified anti-Trump dossier full of unvetted claims sourced from former Russian government officials, one of whom might be on the U.S. sanctions list. Remember that time Donald Trump used Ukraine to try to hurt his political opponent? Oh, no, wait. That wasn't Donald Trump. That was Hillary Clinton and the DNC again, who had a DNC staffer collude with the Ukrainian officials to release the fabricated black ledger 
that was used to attack and ultimately fire Trump campaign manager Paul Manafort. Remember that time Donald Trump engaged in a cover-up of what really happened on that phone call with Ukrainian President Zelensky and then the whistleblower complaint? Oh, no, wait. That wasn't Donald Trump. Donald Trump released the full transcript of that phone call so the American people could see the truth for ourselves. It was Adam Schiff who colluded with the whistleblower, lied about it, refused to let the whistleblower testify, and continues to refuse to release the testimony of the Inspector General of the Intelligence Community, Michael Adkinson, because the content of Adkinson's testimony exposes Schiff's collusion with the whistleblower and the whistleblower's lies in the complaint. Remember that time Donald Trump said partisan impeachments are dangerous and that the people should decide whether they agree with the president's policy and his behavior? Oh, no, wait. That wasn't Donald Trump. That was Joe Biden and Nancy Pelosi and Jerry Nadler and the rest of the Democrats who condemned partisan impeachment in 1999 and are now exposing themselves as hypocrites for supporting an impeachment of a president based on secondhand allegations that can't be proved, that's supported by only partisan Democrats in the House and opposed by a bipartisan coalition of Republicans and two Democrats. And that is my final point. Would we say the Democrats hate this president and his supporters more than they love America? We are pulling that out of thin air. We have example after example after example. And last night we were given yet another. You're damn right. It's time for final thoughts. The theme of President Trump's State of the Union address last night was the great American comeback. Now notice, I didn't say the great white people come back, the great Christian come back, or even the great conservative come back. I said the great American come back because that's exactly the results we've seen under this president. The Democrats don't seem to cheer for that comeback, that success, that pride, and that spirit. In fact, they quite literally refuse to. The average unemployment rate under my administration is lower than any administration in the history of our country. The unemployment rate for women reached the lowest level in almost 70 years, and last year women filled 72 percent of all new jobs added. The unemployment rate for disabled Americans has reached an all-time low. Excuse me. The party of identity politics can't so much as clap for historic unemployment rates for minority groups, women, and the disabled? We know they don't believe in standing for the national anthem, but geez, you can't even cheer for a single black mother and her fourth grade daughter receiving an opportunity scholarship? That's your party, Democrats. A party that hates this president so much, your leadership refuses to stand and acknowledge educational opportunities for a young black girl. Just wow. Now, can you imagine if Republicans would have acted that way if Barack Obama invited that same family? What would they have called us? Well, their go-to term, of course, racist. Look in the mirror, Democrats. You are the problem. Not only have you failed to deliver on any substantive agenda items, you have divided this nation. You have let your egos, your bullshit pride, and your disdain for those who don't think like you do overtake your ability to so much as function. 
You are the problem. You are the failures. Your one goal was to hunt, impeach, and remove this president, and you failed. Heck, you couldn't even run a caucus in Iowa, and you want to run health care, government, and the free world? Are you freaking kidding me? You couldn't even successfully manage an app. And worse than your incompetence is your attitude, not just towards the duly elected president of the United States, not just towards his supporters and your colleagues, but to the American people as a whole. Nancy quite literally ripped the achievements of this country in half. Now, that's what she wants to do to the United States Constitution, if we're being honest. Nancy, you are 79 damn years old. Act like it. But folks, what did she truly rip apart with that petty, disgraceful little stunt? She ripped apart historic unemployment, high workforce participation, the promise to guard religious freedom, the promise of health, science, and outer space exploration. She ripped apart the story of our last surviving Tuskegee Airmen, the mourning families of Rocky Jones and Kayla Mueller, a service member returning home to surprise his wife and kids, a fourth grade girl from Philly who will now embark on a better education, a little girl who survived neonatal care at one pound. She tore up tributes to law enforcement, border enforcement, and national security. She destroyed the stories of service members and their families and a tribute to a media legend suffering from stage four lung cancer. She tore up the American dream and spit on it. Democrats, that's your den mother. That's your party. That's your message, your agenda, and your legacy. It's also the bed you've made for yourselves. Now you can lie in it. Those are my final thoughts from New York City. God bless and take care. I'll be true. I'll be true. Trying to get back up and going. I went and got me some hot tea. I needed a little refresher. I got two sections to go here. Plenty to talk about. Just <clears throat> need to get my throat warmed up. I noticed this article. I'd never heard of this place. See, see if you have. Eswatini. You ever heard of that country? Eswatini. I think there's 192, 97, something like that countries in the world. And this is, we gave $700,000 to Eswatini. I thought, I never heard of that. And it's called the National Condom Strategy. These guys that make condoms, somehow they got connections. We're giving condoms away. Wouldn't it be cool if you, you started a business and you're making something? And... And you're able, instead of selling it, like you sell them at the stores, say you sell it through drugstores, pharmacies, <clears throat> sell it on the shelf, and you get some action there. But then you're able to convince people in the state government, federal government, to buy them by the millions and just give them away with taxpayers. Would that be a cool thing? Where you, ta you don't even have to advertise, you don't have to... Uh, Convince companies to carry it on the, you know, they get certain space on the shelf. You don't have to worry about people paying for each order. You just simply cash in on government gratuity, federal, state, even county. And so, like out at the Yuba County Health Department, I'm not familiar with Sutter County Health, but maybe the health department in your county, wherever you are in the world.
you can go there and you can get uh, you can actually get more than a condom. You can get a male condom, a female condom, a dental dam. If you don't know what these are, you need to look them up. And uh, and if you're confused about how to installing them, they'll even assign a nurse to you to come out in a little privacy booth to explain it to you. And our government is so good, just so wonderful. You get a, a college-trained individual plus a latex device, and you'll get a demo. They'll bring up they'll bring up a wooden erect penis and uh they don't and then they'll actually bring up a uh a model of the woman's body her vagina and uh, they'll show you how to put a dental dam on that deal uh it's it's amazing and they'll provide a human being to do that for you so i saw this i saw we just gave you know i work i i'm i believe i'm a believer in having some, I'm with Obama. Got to have some skin in the game. I'm willing to pay taxes, no problem. The amount of taxes we're spending on every time you take a breath, or take a poop, or turn around the corner, or drink something, tax, 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 tax. Drink something you see on the bottle. You're paying an extra percentage because we got to recycle that. On and on and on. I'm not a, I'm not bashful about paying some taxes. I think we get a lot of benefits in the country, even though they waste most of the money. But when I saw that we gave, we just gave. You know, people people call the church where I used to work, and they still call the church, and they'll say, "Hey, can you pay for diapers? Can you pay my rent? Can you pay my utilities? Can you? Can you? Can you? Can you? Can you?" You know why they call the church because the church has has some ability to, to do stuff. Right. They have some money. How do they get money? Not from the government. They get money because people donate it to them to to help others. And uh, so why do people ask the U.S. government for money? Because they can. They can dial up the phone. They can fill out an application and they, they go get money because the government has a lot of money. Billions, trillions. Right. The budget's trillions. So so let me this is shocking. This is just pisses me off so it says u.s government will spend more than a half a million dollars specifically 700 over 700,000 for the national condom strategy launched by the ministry of health in eswatini a landlocked south african country you probably heard of this country but not by this name eswatini you know when some of these dictators in africa move in They'll just change the name of the whole cotton-picking country. It's kind of like John Nicoletti right now running for office again. He's trying to get publicity by changing the name of Fifth Street in Marysville to Martin Luther King Boulevard, for goodness sakes. If you want the blacks to vote for you, John, just go down there and beg for it or give them some money to their church. Why do we got to call it Martin Luther King? Like, how many times we got to do Martin Luther King everything? Why don't we name it after somebody local like W.T. Ellis or something about some hero at Beale Air Force Base or something, right? So 700000 went to help fund National Condom Strategy launched by the Ministry of Health in Eswatini, 
a landlocked South African country smaller than New Jersey. What do you think the Da, 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 da. Eswatini. What was it before it was Eswatini? It was called Swaziland. But because it was a colony of some European group, I don't know if it was a British colony, French colony, or Dutch colony. It wasn't U.S. We didn't have colonies. Because it was a colony, King Maswati Third changed it so the country would break with this colonial past. Like, damn, damn those colonial guys. The country... The country probably never has done as well as under the colonial. So there you have it. Eswatini. The uh, the odd odd thing is right in the middle of Eswatini is the word twat. That's a bad sign when you're doing condoms. Eswatini is Africa's only absolute monarchy. 1.4 million lives in poverty. That's what you get when you run off the colonial powers. 1.4 million lives in poverty with the world's highest AIDS and HIV rate. They're just screwing every hole. They're putting that ding-dong in every hole they can find. Multiple times, boys, girls, boys doing girls, boys doing boys. Chimpanzees, like, bang any, any moving object they can. It's kind of like the Chinese eating any moving device they can. If it moves, they'll slap it, beat it to death, and kill it, eat it. Eels. Insects, cats, it doesn't matter. So King Maswati leads an openly posh life. Now, now you think King Maswati, he's maybe a socialist, huh? Like Bernie Sanders, struggling, eating tuna fish sandwiches, beans and rice. Nope. He, he likes to change up his wives. So King Maswati has 15 wives. He has an he he personally. This isn't the country's budget. This is his personal budget. He's got a sixty-one million dollar personal budget. He owns two private jets, several fancy cars, Rolls Royce, other kinds of. They want one. They call it a Maybach sixty sixty-two. It's a half million dollar car. He's also a renowned violator of human rights, who has been bashed by various international groups. He's a nasty person. Um. Let's see. So the guy's spending a lot of money. Why wouldn't, if he's spending $61 million on himself, why would we give him 700000 for condoms? Who, you know, I appreciate Donald Trump. I, I really do. I'm very, I thank God for him. I pray for him. And, and honestly, when you got over 775 agencies just in California, just think what Trump's up against. But the foolish spending, you just can't keep up. There's so much of it, you can't you can't track it. It's just unbelievable. So, it says, among key populations targeted by the es- Eswatini National Condom Strategy are men having sex with men, darn it, sex workers, their clients, and their partners. We're going to target them. But but the problem is we've just kind of randomly been getting out, giving out condoms. Like we'll put a, a bucket of them at a corner and just let people pick them up. Well, you know what happens when it, we did this on turkeys? We used to hand out turkeys at Glad Tidings and some other fixings. And we noticed, my friend Paul Ward and I, he kept track of who was taking them. He found that no one ever quit taking them. It's just the same people year after year came back for a free turkey, even if they couldn't afford 
even if they could afford their own turkey. Why? Because it was free. Free, 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 free. Just go down and get, why buy a turkey if you can get free turkey? Same way if I offered toilet paper. They wouldn't go buy toilet paper. they say, well, Lou's got free toilet paper, and we all need it. We all suffer with the same problem. So uh, they've been having a problem, even though they've been busting all these condoms in there, is they have a problem with people using it. Now, we go into the health, we, we take the health department, Yuba County Health, into Yuba County Jail and talk to the men and women. And I'm shocked at the people. They can't even figure out if you put the condom on upside down, what to do next. Some of them say, well, just flip it over. Well, you just infected yourself or you just got yourself pregnant. Once you start to put it on upside down, then you flip it over, right? It's just amazing. These people are not 19 or 16 or 14. They are like 43. Unbelievable. So they're going to have a structured, and this is so much baloney, folks, structured and consistent approach to handing out these condoms. And they're going to have, they're going to, um, one of the goals is kind of like Puerto Rico with their storing of emergency supplies. They're centralizing all condom storage at the African nation's medical stores and consolidate. They're going to consolidate support for condom promotion resources to coordinate and target their, in other words, we're going to have condom warehouses where if you go in there, if you're loaded or under the influence, you might just lose your mind. Like there's condoms everywhere in here. There's millions of condoms. I feel like condoms are chasing me up and down the street. I'm having nightmares about condoms. To obscure the sustainability of, doesn't this sound like a grant? Someone write, I hate this language. To sustain the, to ensure the sustainability of condom distribution and access in Eswatini, formerly called Swaziland. There's a need to increase the commercial sector market share, all this mumbo jumbo, give away our money. That's what it really just given away our money. <clears throat> 26% of Swaziland, now called Eswatini folks, are infected with HIV. But they then it throws in at the last year in this article, it says they also have tuberculosis. Now, I didn't know that putting on a condom would stop tuberculosis. But down there in Swaziland, I think these blacks may be designed a little differently than us crackers up here in north. Because you throw a condom on, you just beat all kinds of diseases. You got the HIV, you got the gonorrhea, and then you got tuberculosis. Somehow, I thought tuberculosis in your lungs, but it's right in your penis area right there. It's a big problem. All right. Well, I'm going to skip that. I'm going to go on down because time's a-wasting. I got to talk about this Harvard professor. You know, you remember, now this, I felt sad for this guy. This guy is a top medical researcher, Harvard professor. And uh, his name's Charles, Dr. Charles Lieber, L-I-E-B-E-R, chair of Harvard University's Department of Chemistry and Chemical Biology. Now, that's one. You're not just the chair of some department. You're the chair of Harvard's Department of Chemical Chemistry and Chemical Biology. Charles lied to the Department of Defense about his secret monthly payments he was getting he was getting paid harvard said well if you work for us charles we'll pay you i don't have the amount of money he's getting paid we could probably look that up somewhere 
they don't have a transparent California probably back there, but we could probably figure it out. But he wasn't making enough, so he took a job on the side, Charles. Charles Lieber, L-I-E-B-E-R, Dr. Charles. He thought, you know, money's a little tight. It's expensive in the East Coast. So he, he was getting monthly payments also from China, or as President Trump would say, China, China, of $50,000 a month and got millions more to help set up a chemical biological research lab in China. So he was helping us, and he was helping over in China. China. Also arrested were two Chinese students working as research assistants, one of whom was actually a lieutenant in the Chinese Army, which they, it's interesting. With me, when I want to fly to China... I got to go through Homeland Security, and that, they not only check all my bags, I got to take my shoes off, got to take my belt off, all the pins, all the pennies, anything out of my pocket, I got to take it all, all out. Then they say, you sure you got it out? And I say, yes, sir, I do. Then they put me in that little tube, they spin it around and take a photo of me so you can see my body without my clothes on. Then they say, when I get out, they say, well, that wasn't good enough. Now we need to, like, molest you. So then they grab my junk, massage it a little bit. And then they say, okay, you're ready to go. Now, they go, they put me through all the ringer. Now, but it's interesting. They bring this Chinese student in that's a researcher, and they don't, they don't even do enough information back. They don't vet him enough to figure out this dude is actually working for the Chinese military, and he's in our most sensitive research area. <clears throat> so then he flees. Uh, or he didn't flee, but his buddy, another China man, Chinaman as they say, he got captured at Logan Airport, Airport in Boston, and uh, he was trying to head home. He felt the heat. He said, it's getting too hot over here for me. I'm going home. He had 21 vials of sensitive biological samples, according to the Federal Bureau of Investigation. Though, while they, they were arresting the Chinese dude, the rest of them were trying to arrest President Trump. Now, this is quite an organization itself, the FBI. <clears throat> the, the professor helped set up all this research. That would be Dr. Charles Lieber, head of Harvard University's Department of Chemistry and Chemical Biology. It's located, oh, by the way, Setting up this new biological research clinic or department. Do you know where it was? Out of all the cities in China, it was in Wuhan University of Technology. Wuhan, where coronavirus is starting. Wuhan, China is ground zero to the potentially global pandemic known as coronavirus, which is both spreading rapidly and killing people left and right in China. China. So there you have it. So here's the interesting thing. They arrested the uh, professor and these Chinamen, but they never arrested the Clintons who sold. See, this guy sold secret information. The Clintons sold also secret information to China technology, top technology to China. And then you remember Obama, he sent down pallets full of cash to the terrorists in Iran. 
says it appears China paid Lieber hundreds of thousands of dollars over years for his involvement with the Chinese entities and for his work on the research for Chinese gain. Said attorney, U.S. attorney for Massachusetts, Andrew Lelling, L-E-L-L-I-N-G. <clears throat> the second indictment is a Chinese national who was working as a researcher at Boston U. Lelling and Yen King Yi is said said yelling said yang king yi is a lieutenant in the chinese military but we failed to dis- he failed to disclose disclose that we didn't figure it out when he got his us visa yi is currently in china and has not been arrested because he's hiding out over there in china all right enough of that we're running out of time here for our fifth segment and uh, I'm down here at an article. I've talked about this a little bit. <clears throat> the fact that this Proposition 13 wanting more money. I'm just going to bring this up because it just emphasizes what I've already been talking about. It says in the rush, it says Prop 13 authorizes $9 billion in borrowing for K-12 schools, $2 billion for Grook community colleges, $4 billion for state universities. Most of the money takes form of takes the form of matching funds. That means they'll offer you the funds at the local level, but you've got to raise the funds for your project too. So maybe it's 50-50 or 20-80 or whatever. So this article says in the rush to qualify for these dollars, these funds, if this bond were to pass, Prop 13, it's on the ballot right now. In order to rush to qualify for these funds, over 110 districts have placed bond measures on the March ballot. That would be yours truly. There's Wheatland, there's Plumas, and there's Yuba County, Yuba Community College District. There, I'm telling you, these districts are going broke. So I, I'll tell you this one, then I'm going to take a break. West Contra Costa Unified has a $575 million measure on, on the ballot. Uh, the news, the Mercury news observed that the nearly insolvent insolvent means it's broke district already has 1.4 bazillion in outstanding bonds with plans to issue 200 more and more bonds. They already owe 1.4 bazillion. Come on, people. Aren't you seeing this? Like, this is crazy. Who's going to pay for that? Your kids. It's crazy. We're going to take a break. And this is a little clip about the coronavirus. And then we're going to wrap up with 20 minutes and be gone. Be right back. Have y'all heard about that coronavirus? I'm glad I don't drink beer. I drink coffee. We have 
now in our country, people who are coming into our country, who are telling us how much they hate us, who are telling us why they want to take over our country in America. I was just speaking in the back room with Jeff Hunt who told me, did you hear what happened with the ICE office here in Colorado yesterday in Denver where they took down the American flag and raised the Mexican flag? Right here in your city. They're telling us exactly what they want to do. And yet we are still burying our head in the sand and refusing to listen. You see, my past is America's future unless America wakes up today and understands why it is so important to preserve our national identity. I came to America as a legal immigrant. When I was working in Jerusalem, I met an American war correspondent, a journalist who was working with me. We got married in Jerusalem, and we had our first child in Jerusalem, and then we came to the States. So I came to America via marriage. So when it comes to talking and being opinionated about legal immigration, I have earned a PhD in being opinionated about legal immigration. When I came to this country, I paid for my own airline ticket. I paid for my lawyers to do my paperwork. I paid for all the medical testing I had to take. And I had to be tested and poked with needles in every arm. And I hate needles. But they had to test to make sure I'm not bringing tuberculosis to the country. I'm not bringing leprosy to the country, etc. And I paid for it gladly. That was a part of earning the right to be an American citizen. And when I got... That's right. And when I got my green card, I had to study a two-inch thick book written by the daughters of the American Revolution about America's history, our constitution, our judiciary system. And I had to pass a written exam as well as a verbal exam in English before and pass before I became an American. I am the type of American who needs to come to this country. That's right. I am all for legal immigration. We need to bring people to the United States. We need the new blood. We need the energy. We need the passion. But they need to do it the right way. They need to do it the correct way. And they need to love our country as much as we love our country. And we need to take political correctness and throw it in the garbage where it belongs and start calling a spade a spade. remember when Donald Trump uh, talked about this one turnpike <clears throat> that they were needing to upgrade or build or extend or something back east? And it was been on, on the books for 18 years, getting environmental double checks, triple checks, quadruple checks, arguing it back and forth, fighting lawsuits. You know, basically just we're all going broke with pissing contests. 
to get a building built, to build a road, to dig a ditch, to put in a pipeline, it's just it's just everybody's fighting with each other, layer after layer of bureaucracy, dotting I's, crossing T's, signing this, initialing this, guaranteeing that. With this coronavirus, I thought it was a typo, <clears throat> but the Chinese are so concerned that even in China, they're used to taking care of over a billion people, health-wise and all that kind of stuff. They thought, we don't have enough hospitals to take care of this coronavirus. So I saw this article where it said they're planning on building a hospital from dirt to sliding patients through the front door in 10 days. And I just thought, this is bizarre. It can't be, right? Because I'm used to America, where it might take 10 years, right, to do the same hospital, right? Even after the permits, they couldn't put it up that fast. So uh, I've just been thinking about it, thinking about it, thinking, because I've watched China. I've been in China lots of times, all over China. I've been in Wuhan. I've been in Chongqing, uh, Chengdu, Nanning, uh, Shanghai. Uh, Peking, Peking, if you want to call it that, Beijing, Peking, Canton, Guangzhou, you know, all these places. I've been in all of them. And uh, I've watched China build. Man, they, they just put us to shame. It's sad, but they put us to shame because they just make a decision and go for it. They do not put up with all this baloney that we put up with. So in this article, they said they actually think they're going to put it up in six days. Now, it's a big reality show in China because people are so proud of it, right? Wouldn't you be proud of it? The government's actually swinging into action, and this is a 1,000-bed. This isn't just like a clinic. We couldn't even put up a clinic in six months, a little clinic, like an urgent care. These guys are putting up a 1,000-bed hospital in six days. They said they have 10,000 confirmed cases in China. 213 people have died, according to this article, which was written the last day of January. I think probably there's a hundred times more infected in China. They just minimize stuff. But that's not my point here. Hospitals in Wuhan have been flooded with concerned residents and pharmacies are running out of medicine. According to the state media, the new hospital will contain a thousand beds. Come on. I, I, I get a kick out of this. Video footage posted online by Chinese media show diggers at the site, which has an area of 25, uh, they, they give meters, let me get it in square feet, 269,000 square feet of a pad area. So uh, they've done this before. So in 2003, when they had SARS, um, they, they did the same thing. They threw up a hospital, I think, in 10 days. And they said it's basically a quarantine hospital where they can send people with infectious diseases so it has the safety and protective gear all there in place. Specialized hospital for uh, communicable diseases. So the question is, how, how are they able to build it in six days? It says China has a record of getting things done fast, even for monumental projects like this. He points out that in 2003, this guy named Huang says in 2003, the hospital in Beijing with SARS, that's where SARS started up in Beijing, they built it in seven days. They were moving people in and getting the hospital gowns out in seven days. 
The reason you're having a hard time believing this is because you're you've become accustomed to bureaucracy and nonsense. If if you want to reflect on something, think of the the grief that the city of Marysville went in to not build a boat ramp into the Feather River, but simply refurbish it because the lagoon that allowed the boats to enter the boat ramp area from the river was filled in with silt. And all we needed to do is muck it out. And uh, that's it. But the permit thing, it went on for years, years and years and years. And the public works director did nothing because he didn't want to go through the rigmarole with the, all the different departments, fish and game, Department of Water Resources, da 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 So it took longer. It took years to muck out a lagoon <clears throat> in the Feather River, and they put up a thousand bed hospital. So they said, this isn't new. We did this before in 2003. <clears throat> it took us seven days. So the construction team is probably attempting to beat the record. Right. They got some pride over there. So uh, engineers have been brought in from around the country in order to, <clears throat> in order to complete it in construction time. He says the engineering work is what China is very good at engineers. They crank out those engineers. In fact, a lot of our colleges have Asians at engineers, engineering students. They have records of building skyscrapers at high rates of speed. They're veterans at doing this. This is hard, according to this uh, observer. This is very hard for Westerners to even imagine, but it can be done. <clears throat> In terms of medical supplies, Wuhan can either take supplies from other hospitals or easily order them from factories. The Global Times confirmed that 150 medical personnel from the People's Liberation Army had arrived in Wuhan. However, it did not confirm if they would be working in the new hospital once it's built. Now, isn't it amazing? They're already pretending it's built. These people are the people are already moving there, getting ready to work in a hospital. We wouldn't even dream of recruiting people to work in a hospital that hadn't been built yet. It would be years, years, years and years and years and years. Crazy. It's totally crazy. I love this. In 2003, the, uh, I can't pronounce the hospital's name, was built in Beijing and uh, constructed in seven days. It broke the world record for the fastest construction of a hospital. About 4,000 people worked to build the hospital working through the day and the night. They work 24 hours a day. <clears throat> Not unusual in Asian countries. They just work 24 hours a day. Boom. They just bring another shift in. Boom, 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 boom. Two or three shifts. They knock it out. It said they had x-ray rooms, CT scan, intensive care, laboratories. Each ward was equipped with his own bathrooms. Within two months, it admitted one-seventh of all SARS patients in the country and was hailed as a miracle in the history of medicine by the country's media. I don't know whether that's true or not, whether they should have got the big old celebration, but hallelujah to them. Seven days, they put up a hospital. So the other thing I wanted to do is I looked up last week, but I didn't have time to get to it. The leading killers like everybody's saying oh the coronavirus as i get it i'm just i gotta get my life in order on me die you're not gonna die 
it, look up the symptoms on the internet. It's just a typical flu, headache, maybe diarrhea. Da, 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 da. The people it kills are people that already have a compromised immune system. They have pneumonia. They have COPD. They have all kinds of heart disease. They have stuff. They already have stuff wrong with them. Maybe they got HIV. They got AIDS. Those are the people that will die. So sometimes people think, oh, there's already 100 people in China are dead or 70 people. It's not anything. Let me tell you something. Check this out. Do you know what the number one killer is in the United States? It's not only the killers, but how many people die. Like there's 300, what? Is there 325 million people here now? Anyway, heart disease remains uh, top of the, the, the top 10 cause of death. Heart disease remains at the top. 2017, 647,000 died. Okay? It's 23% of the total deaths that year. Cancer is number two. A lot of times cancer gets a lot more publicity because it, it takes a lot to kill. You know, you end up with people fighting cancer for years. Almost 600,000 people died of cancer, 21.3% in the U.S. This is in the U.S. in uh, 2017. Uh, was that 2017? Uh, oh, it, okay. Yeah, I think that was 2017. And then the third one is unintentional injuries, right? Fall off a building, be working on something, something flies up, kills you, shoot your accidents, accident, you know, shoot yourselves accidentally, gun, you know, hunting accident. So uh, hundreds, almost 170,000 people, just in unintentional injuries. Car run up. We've had a couple tip tip calls where guys are working under their truck at home and it falls off the jack, crushes them. Chronic lower respiratory disease, chronic lower respiratory disease, 160,000 people, right? Blocked airflow. I don't know whether lower respiratory means asthma. I don't know what that. Yeah, I think it is chronic obstruction, COPD, bronchitis, emphysema, asthma. That's exactly what we're talking about. It kills about 160 people, 160,000. Terrible way to go. I had trouble breathing when I was a youngster. Stroke and cerebral vascular diseases. Stroke, 100, about 146,000. Alzheimer's, 121,000. That's number six, okay? Diabetes, number seven, 83,000, right? You hear all about these things. I know a lot of people, diabetics, but if they take care of themselves, they're going to be okay. Influenza, okay, how many of you think are going to die from the coronavirus? You want to take, you want, should we get a, what do they call those things? A pool. Should we start a pool and and see who gets closest and win the pool? Put 20 bucks, put your guess in. In 2017, like people, Dr. Cassidy used to be the, the health officer in Yuba County. He said, people get all freaked out. He said, people die, die of a, uh, these diseases I just mentioned and pneumonia. Every single day, flu, people die. We don't make a big deal about it in the country. He said, most of this is all politics. So just in a normal year, an average year in, in, in uh, not California, but in the United States alone, 50, almost 56,000 people die of influenza and pneumonia together. One or the other, influenza. It says here, it's influenza is highly contagious viral infection, one of the most severe illnesses of the winter season. 
everybody's had the flu, man. It just feels, I, I used to think, I, oh, I feel like a truck hit me, right? You wake up, oh, my goodness, I can't even walk around. Spreads easily from person to person, usually when someone who carries the virus coughs or sneezes. A person can get it more than once, as many as different strains. There's lots of different strains. There's A, B, C, there's all X, Y, Z. They're all of them, right? Type A seems to be more severe, while type B viruses uh, often cause problems in kids. Type C are fairly uncommon. Pneumonia, serious condition that causes inflammation of the lungs, can cause complications when you have the flu. So I've talked to some of my friends during this Christmas season had the flu and pneumonia at the same time. Isn't that amazing? She was sicker than a dog. Kidney disease is number nine. Taking one's own life is number 10, 47,000, right? So I bring that up to give perspective because we don't even talk about the number of deaths by flu in an average season. Like, oh, my God, did you know there's like a thousand deaths already? We don't even talk about it. Fifty-five, almost 56,000 people. And an average, this is in 2017, there was no big event. It was just, hey, flu season. People are getting the flu. Oh, yeah, it's going through the office. Oh, yeah, it's going through the jail. Oh, yeah, it's going through here. It's going through there. Had it twice, right? 55,000. Do, do, do we build any new hospitals over here? No. In Wuhan, they're going to put up one in six days. I would, I'm would. i sure they're going to show the whole thing on YouTube. It's going to be so fun. I can't wait to watch it, to watch the whole thing. And they'll probably do it and, you know, speed it up. Because I don't have six days to watch it. They'll just speed it up and have those little Chinese Chinamen just running up and down those, climbing up and down that scaffolding, throwing stuff up, flat, you know, throwing a window in. The thing I wondered about six days is how do they get the concrete to set up? I have to talk to my ten, my friend Tim Farley, who's a concrete inspector. That's what he does. He specializes in saying, that ain't hard enough. That's got too much water in it. That doesn't have enough cement in it. Take it all out. Straighten up. Shut up. I'm with the I'm 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 inspecting this for the state of California, but I think he works for a private company. All right, let me see here. Uh we got five minutes left. Oh, I need to I need to promote all my people that are helping me. So we'll do it right now. I got time to do it. So I want to talk about Monty Hecker because he has some classes coming up. Uh, if you want to get your concealed weapons permit, Monty Hecker with Elite Universal Security at 5548 Feather River Boulevard in just south of Marysville. <clears throat> They're going to do a concealed weapon permit class on February 22nd and 23rd of this month. Um, if you if you need to requalify or you're going to get your permit, get it then. Also on February 16th, if you want to take a taser class or pepper spray class. They got one on February 16th. So give them a shout out. Uh, you can reach them at 530-749-0280, 530-749-0280. If you want a job in the guard business, they are looking for good employees and they need people right now. And if you say, oh, I don't know, I, I need a job. I'd like to do that maybe, but I I don't know anything about it. They will train you. They got classes. They got online classes. You can check it out at api-academy.com, api-academy.com. And you can um, you can do that and um, get yourself a job. And maybe it might lead into full-time in law enforcement if you wanted it to be. 
So that's right here in Yuba County. But they're looking for if if you're l- listening to me up in the North State anywhere, they may need you right in your county. You wouldn't have to leave Shasta County, Sacramento County, Butte County, all up and down. You're good to go, and uh, they will they will use you. You can call them up and or you can go online uh, API hyphen Academy dot com. Uh, or you could dial them up, 530-749-0280. they got all kinds of classes. For instance, you may be too young to start law enforcement. Maybe you're 18, but you could take classes with Monty, and you could uh, that would prepare you, start preparing you to go into full-blown law enforcement. So uh, you can also get some financing maybe through One Stop, some of the One Stop programs in California, okay? The other people, uh, Dave Grant's Construction, 530-682-9602. If you're ever wanting anybody to do some, I mean, you know, if you just want somebody to throw something up, this is not the guy for you. Or just some cheapo uh, install on a on a, on a a shower or a funky little $99 sink. This isn't the guy for you. This guy is going to totally remodel and, like, rock your world. With the remodel, so if you got some money to spend, you're putting some, you're putting a really nice, you want to put a really nice kitchen in, you want to put a really nice bathroom in, uh, with quality products and have some really cool design ideas. You don't want to mess around with somebody that's just their first job or their second job or their fifteenth job. You want to get somebody that's been doing this for decades. So, and they've got they got the best subs, you know. Tile people, floor people, lighting people, design people, they they work together. They're a team. And though they get in, get out, uh, they, they're they not going to be hard on your lifestyle. It's hard when you remodel, right? You live in the same house, stay in the same house, they're remodeling the bathroom. It you know, can get on your nerves. So you need people who can get in, get out, and, like, blow your mind, walk out everything clean, and, like, being ready to take a photo of. <clears throat> so... You can look on their website at greenitzconstruction.com. That's green with E-T-Z on the end, greenitzconstruction.com. Or you can go to Facebook page at Dave Greenitz Construction, and you'll see some photos there. They're not, like, robbed off the Internet of some photo site. They're actually jobs they started and completed. And uh, you can you can get some ideas, or you can say, oh, that's the kind of work they do. When they do the before and after shot, I just, like, I'm, I'm my jaw. I got to like put a little thing under my like a couple books under my chin because my jaw is always dropping. Like, say, what did they do right there? It's unbelievable. It looks like it's like you're outside, but you're inside taking a shower. All right. And finally, my friend Ted Holmes today, they're flying. Uh, actually, well, the, when you listen, to this will be later. But Thursday of this week. Uh, on the 6th, Ted of the Plumbing Doctor, he runs the Plumbing Doctor, he is flying with a whole team of people to Cuba to work on a church building down there. They went down there in the in the uh, the summer and darn near died down there. It was so hot. So this is the winter for them down there, and it's, uh, it's uh, better. It's better. But you got to haul all your equipment, all your supplies. Cuba is broke. Anytime the liberal legislatures go, legislators go down there, they lie about the whole thing. You, the food is crappy. Everything is rationed, literally rationed. You have to wait in line to get food. It's 
It's gnarly, folks. It's it's like Venezuela. And all these liberal, it seemed like liberal ladies go down there and then come back and tell what a wonderful it is. You think they feed those ladies what they normally eat? Americans are so stupid. These American politicians, they are the the dullest people in the world. Anyway, my friend Ted Holmes, he's he's a missionary guy, but he, he runs a couple businesses in town. He's got Ted Holmes Construction. He's got the liftoff floor removal. They they take floors up when you need to put a new floor down. They skim the what's on there on that concrete, polish the concrete, get it ready for the next floor. But they also have the plumbing doctor. That's what I usually talk about here. And <clears throat> you can reach them 24 hours a day. In fact, I'm probably going to have them come over here and do some work for me uh, just to tune up on my faucets and stuff. 530-671-9111. If you just think when you're calling the police like I did the other day, I called 911. Pretty simple. So his is just 9111, like with a 671 prefix. So while he's gone, he's got his all his main his office is still rolling, all his workers still rolling. They got a number of vans and the trucks. Five three zero six seven one nine one one one. The reason I'm bringing them up is I like them. Monty with Elite Universal Security, Dave with Greenwich Construction, and Ted with the Plumbing Doctor, and I like them. And even if I liked them, if they were flaky, I wouldn't promote them on on my radio show. These guys, I would use all of them. I've used David Green. In fact, he came over. I had a problem with the door the other day. He doesn't usually do this, but he just he handles maintenance for me when I have a problem. So I had a problem with the door, and I didn't even see him come and leave. They just he just said, "Lou, I'm going to fix that door for you. So leave it unlocked." And later in the day, I was I walked out back and it was just swinging beautifully. Boom! They just fixed it. Same way plumbing doctor. They just swing in. Boom! It's over. Just it's no messing around. So uh, that's it for this week, and um, please go out to Monty Hecker's. You got today, maybe you just got today, Saturday. I don't know. You can call out there if you can still, if you wondered if you can still sign the recall. That's what I did uh, earlier in the week. I called Monty. I said, "You take more of these petitions." He said, "Bring them today." Five three zero seven four nine zero two eight zero. If you want, uh, if you you may need some security services because around town here, people are just. Around my town, Marysville, it's gnarly. It has changed. It isn't even the same town. I tell people the only reason I'm here is God wants me to stay here for now. But if it was just up to Lou, I'm not fighting with God over it, but if it was just up to Lou, I would be moving on because uh, my town that I love so much was raised in, it ain't what it used to be. God bless you. Hey, this week, if you run into somebody that's new to you, uh, pay attention because it may be an angel and you don't know it. So take care of him. Buy him dinner or something and get him a little snack. Get him a cup of coffee and be kind to him. Catch you later. We're so glad to see so many of you lovely people here tonight. We would especially like to welcome all the representatives of Illinois' law enforcement community who have chosen to join us here in the Palace Hotel Ballroom at this time. We certainly hope you all enjoy the show. And remember, people, that no matter who you are and what you do to live, thrive, and survive, there's still some things that make us all same. You, me, them, everybody. Everybody. Everybody needs somebody. Everybody needs somebody to love. Someone to love. Someone to love. Sweetheart of miss. Sweetheart of miss.
sugar to kiss. 